Eddie's going to be mad because I didn't do it. <laughs> <He's>... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I Eddie. Forgot. My phone alarm went off as soon as you counted down. <laughs> oh, my God. That's off now. That's off. It's fantastic. It's, uh, yeah. I thought right, I thought so... my camera looked good. It did. It, it did to a point, but oh. shut up. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. What are we talking about today, boys? Ooh, uh, switch out of the well, booty. In the we have a video. Pretty. We have a video that we're going to talk about. Uh, let me switch on over to the newsroom. I got to fix those fucking cameras. Over to the news. Oh, those cameras look all right. Chris just looks like he slumped down. It's fine. A little bit. A little bit. Wait, Paquito. Yeah. No, Metroid, or I'm sorry, Metroid Dread, the second trailer came out for it. And all I can say is. This game's looking pretty fucking good. <laughs> That's this is, all I can really say. So this is my first time seeing this uh, this trailer. And, oh. Uh, live react. This is pretty fucking dope. There's a Chozo Warrior. I didn't yeah. think I'd ever fucking see that shit. And it, the Chozo Warrior looks really fucking yeah, good. Yeah, the design too. is is pretty fucking dope. I love it. Uh, I, but it's also interesting that the Chozo are back, too. Because it seems like it's just like Chozo and like robots are the enemies in this game so far well well sure they haven't shown everything if we're going based on lore like the chozo should be gone and she's apparently was trained by the chozo so if this chozo warrior is like out for blood i want to know the reason on why like are they corrupted uh do they just not know who the fuck samus is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. It's gonna be a 2001 Space Odyssey situation where the 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 AI is just kind of like been like, oh, this is what we should do, and mm-hmm. just like has gone like corrupt, but it's not really corrupt. Mm-hmm. It's like Ultron kind of, where he realizes, oh, humans are just a plague on society. So, <laughs> Chris has got some wide eyes looking at some of this shit. I, so. I saw the ending, and after fucking. Samus gets command grab. She has like those wide eyes where it's like some crazy ass shit. Either yeah, that happens. That's her ultra instinct. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's what it is. Yep. Or she just straight up. Yeah, there it is. Bah, bah. It's just fucking Hank Hill. <laughs> no, it looks super good. Uh, I I have a question. I know that that uppercut. I I know it's from a Smash game, but I don't know. Did that originate in a Smash game? Um. So I don't. I don't know if it necessarily originated from a Smash game, but it was definitely in the remake for Samus, uh, Samus uh, Metroid Two: Samus Returns. Okay, um, I haven't played that. It one is yet. a tech where certain enemies are invulnerable until you use the the uppercut, and then after that, you're mm. able to parry them and hit them. So I need to get a copy of that game. It's been going up in price, unfortunately. Yeah, now is the time to get that. That game is really, really good too. Like a lot of people shit on it because they hate anything Nintendo. There's just some people you can't make happy. And a lot of it stems from when they were trying to do, I think it's called M2AR, uh, which was the fan remake uh, project where it was pretty much completed. And then they got hit with a C and D from Nintendo. Uh, yeah. So not exactly so. anything surprising uh, with Nintendo there. But still, the, the 3DS version is That's still okay. fairly good. So... I recommend that you. Uh, yeah, I've never, I've never been a fan of Metroid, um, but I've watched Bit Brigade play through the first game, 
Um, and <laughs> I understand why it is rough nowadays. Yeah, honestly, that's not one of their best. Uh, for those that have no idea, Bit Brigade is a cool four piece. Well, no, five piece that does speed runs while providing a metal cover soundtrack to the yep. game. Eh, um, is, that, is it speed runs or are they just beat? I guess they're just beating the game as fast as they can. I mean, it's not. Yeah, like it's that. on like mm. hack stuff so that they can get through it easier and stuff. But uh, I've seen them do oh, okay. Metroid one. Mega Man two is their big hit. I've seen them do Mega Man three. Uh, Contra, I finally saw they've done. As an opener for themselves, Noah just sped through Marble Madness once, which was pretty cool, just because you don't cool. see Marble Madness anywhere. So No, ever. That's um, cool. I like that. I was pretty excited about that. They, I've they seen did... them do Mega Man 2 twice, because they were always with the Proto Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a um, a medley at MAGFest the last year they were there, which I fucking missed. I literally walked in to meet my buddy AJ on the show floor, and I saw them finishing up the moon from DuckTales. I'm like, oh my god, I want to hear this. Rewind, quick. <laughs> like, uh, Shit. But, uh, yeah, so they've done a lot of cool stuff. Zelda was another one that was like, man, there's really not much that goes into this first game soundtrack, which is not a bad thing. It's just something you don't think about until you watch it happen, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but Metroid, uh, I will say for this thing, it looks great. It looks like, uh, I'm going to coin this phrase if it hasn't happened already. I think it looks like it's on, like Metroid is getting Sonic maniaed in terms of like, it looks like it, it looks like all the old games, but they've spruced it up with an extra glossy coat and yeah, not changed a yeah. whole lot aesthetically, even though obviously it is like you couldn't run this on an NES or a SNES or anything. Um, but uh, but yeah, it looks cool. Uh, the homing missiles look neat and that uppercut was cool. And the homing missiles were really just, fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, this should probably just be an anime. But hey, it looks cool. <laughs> Crave I've back. Just, I love that the encounter with Kraid, she's just casually standing there while charging her power beam. And I'm just like, oh, bro, that's that's perfect. That's fucking perfection right there. Because there's a lot of people that are like, well, how the fuck is Kraid back? I'm like, you know, there's like baby Kraids all throughout it, right? I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care. Kraid is, yeah. So when when has a fucking Nintendo story been logical and followed even itself in canon? So, (laughs) yeah. I mean, also, too, this was a game that we completely were not expecting at all. Yeah. So, and it's coming out very quickly. I mean, it was only announced. I was on vacation, so that was in, what, June? E3. Yeah. Yeah, it was E3. It got announced. So, I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm going to be buying it. Well, with the way my schedule is now, because I don't, like, have to pick, like, stream games. I can just play games. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to play the shit out of this game. I'm still upset that I can't get the fucking collector's edition with that awesome uh, uh, art book and all that stuff. Yes, fuck you. Yeah, I, I, I had no chance whatsoever. Neither did I. <laughs> I. I went to go on the site and it was already sold out, so. Uh, yeah, my game stopped. I was like, yeah, Metroid Prime collector's edition. She was just like, I was like, you don't need to talk anymore. That's I know the what you worst mean. <laughs> place to try to pre-order any of this shit. It always I mean, that's been. all I got in my fucking area, so. Except nah. Walmart. Big rip. I'll probably buy it at Walmart because Walmart's games are $10 cheaper mm-hmm. uh, whenever they release. They'll have it and they won't know Walmart. it. And yeah, you'll be able to find it there easily. Or Best Buy yeah. for all I know anymore. <clears throat> it's like when I finally found the ring fits and then ring fits are, ring fits are everywhere now. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> if, if you had a chance to fucking sell it, that was back during the early days of the pandemic because nobody had that shit. No. Yeah, the first time. That was back when. um, Go ahead. It was in. uh, I had Graham of Mega Visions over in the UK grab me one and import it. He sent it to me from the UK, 
and it was a little yeah. bit extra, but it was worth it. And then the first time I went into a Best Buy, you know, months later when things were safer, there's just a stack of ring fits. So I sent him a picture yeah. of just me flipping off the whole pile. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I, I, I'm still waiting for my investment in Starlink to yeah. to flip over for me. So it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys like people have been? I've seen there's been an uptick in the Star Fox Starlink stuff. Oh, I don't and know. And it makes me happy. I'm starting to see more people like realize like, yo, why don't we just let Ubisoft make the next Star Fox game? Like, because <laughs> they show that they can fucking do it. I I so. don't know. I, I would need you to direct me in that area where people are finally talking about the the genius of that game not not the game itself just like the addition of star fox because like starlink by itself is a super generic uh rpg like action rpg with like mechs and shooting shit but throw fox mcleod in there and you've got a game of the year like that's yeah the game's (laughs) it's great (laughs) literally add one character make him playable to the end perfection I will never like, touch the main storyline. I just want anything. No, I won't either. Anything Fox McCloud. That's all I fucking care about. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. It's like uh, shit. What was I gonna say? Oh, I totally lost. Oh no, it's like uh, not Starlink, but it's like Spyro. What were the Spyro Skylanders? Yeah, like, Skylanders were big, and then the Amiibos came out, and everyone was like, "What the fuck's a Skylander?" Yep. Yeah, like. <laughs> and the thing so. with that is that the Skylanders actually did something. Like there is a significance with it. Like, there was a whole right. game that it was all built around. Amiibos is just like, hey, I want this I want this armor pack in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to play the game in the hardest mode possible. Oh, yeah, that, I, there, need, I you need there, Ganon for that. There was, um, uh, at my GameStop, we hosted a Smash tourney, of course, when the Wii U uh, version came Filthy. out and stuff. And um, uh, the guy that won... I was like, what'd you do to, this game's barely been out. Like, what did you do to actually train? Like, play on, I did, I know, no offense, but I know you didn't play online. He's like, no, I just maxed out an amiibo and I fought only that amiibo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, okay, that makes sense. It's the, it's the equivalent of uh, learning how to play fighting three level nine Ganondorfs in Melee. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Anyway, Metroid Dread looks great. Yeah, so. <laughs> gr- great game. 10 out of 10. 100 out of 100. Uh, Best yeah. game. All right, let's see. Moving on. What do we got next? I got to pull up my doc. It's weeks. Here. Is it weeks? Who's starting? Is it I'm you? I'm starting. Show me this fucking awesome phone okay, you got so, that I didn't think I needed. So I know everyone talks shit at me to a degree it's deserved, but so this is the new phone. Okay, it's long. It, 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 is, it. it is long. It is heavy. Uh, but it's heavy. It's comparison to like my S10. Uh, okay. It's All a little right. thing. Yeah, it's a little thinner. It's a little thin. But uh you can open the bitch up and then it just well, becomes Well, tell us what what's the brand? What 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 is for audio listeners that can't see? Yeah, it? so this is a Galaxy Z Fold 3. Uh it's pretty much I believe the successor to the Galaxy Note series or the Galaxy Note line. Um because the thing is big as shit as a tablet. Um I loved playing with my Note because the Note was relative like pretty fucking strong wider screen. Uh, more of an emphasis on like doing PDA or tablet type shit um, compared to like working with a phone. And I wanted something, I was originally going to get the 21S Plus, but I wanted something that I can just easily play my emulators on. Um, and the last time I was able to do something like that was with a tablet and shit. Uh, and this this baby 
dude i could play up to ps2 on this thing like there's a ps2 <laughs> emulator cool. there's i got the dolphin emulator i got the uh the fucking dreamcast emulator got redream on it it's pretty fucking <sighs> dope and it runs are you playing with a controller or are you playing like you on can get a it? bluetooth controller I'm playing with it on screen, and Redream is is like a little bit rough. I was playing uh, Sonic Advance 2, and there are just some areas where it's like... Adventure. Thank you, Sonic Adventure 2. And (laughs) when you're messing around the joystick, it is... It's not like super freeform. It's like, okay, there is like a five-degree put difference between forward and here and here and here and here. So it's not like smooth as you move around. But outside of that, like the frame rate is great... Um, the, the emulation is actually really, really good for most of the games. There's not like all these giant ass artifacts and shit. Um, especially playing on dolphin. Um, the controls feel really, really well done. The PlayStation two emulator that I'm currently using is early in development. So I tried like playing shadow of the Colossus, which is a graphically intensive game for the PlayStation two. And that one, that one chugged a little bit. You had to go into the settings and mess around with it. Um, but I'm going to try like Rogue Galaxy and Final Fantasy X because there's no way that I can play like a control sensitive, uh, action game on like this. Like Devil May Cry. Like Devil May Cry. Yeah. Like there, there's no way I'm playing Devil May Cry here, but I could play a bunch of fucking RPGs that I otherwise just would not have the time to play. Um, so that has a USB-C, right? USB-C. Uh, the best way to charge is USB-C to USB-C. Uh, and they, they've got like a special fucking, uh, high speed charger that goes along with it. Charges up 20, 30 minutes. It's super quick. Nice. Well, that also means that if it has USB-C out, that means that it could hook up a monitor so we could do the next marathon on Chris's phone <laughs> because okay. works. Okay. Okay. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. I'll do it. Scotty, I'm telling you, you do stupid shit on Twitch. They're going to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The next next marathon from the backseat of a car on the road <laughs> I've had traveling. Part, I've had multiple Twitch partners tell me like do weird stuff and people will watch it. Like Yeah. Yeah. Um no. does it uh since when it's unfolded or when it's open, I don't know I guess when it I guess that's what you'd call it when it's open, does it like crop things to be four three or does it go into widescreen? How does that work with stuff when you're It depends stuff on the with? emulator. Um, uh. So the default for most of the emulators is 4.3, considering that PS2, Wii, uh, Xbox, Dreamcast, all of those were composite, and yeah. those defaulted to 4.3. There are options for you to go into widescreen, but like, mm-hmm. why would you go into widescreen for a game that was made for 4.3? It's not like a reason. I was series. wondering what like what it would do by default, how it poops out that stuff, because it's no. all because some dreamcast games you can do a widescreen mode some ps2 games you could do a widescreen mode. i think i think it's connected uh, to like the progressive mode oh yeah as yeah, an yeah. option and that's scan. usually something the progressive scan was either attached to either component or s video yeah. um but no i usually just keep it to composite keep it simple the the like i said the emulation looks great uh the the fucking screen is huge and my my issue was is like why didn't i just use emulators on my other phone it's because i have big fat fucking hands and my fingers will cover multiple buttons at the same time so when i go into like redream i can reset my buttons to be like the biggest fucking possible and it only takes up the bottom half of the screen 
So, oh, so it's like a DS. Yeah, it's exactly. It is like a DS. Which, speaking of which, I gotta go try out the DS emulator. Like, I already know that. I it's think going you to should run. be okay. <laughs> That's definitely gonna be okay if I if I can run fucking PS2 on this bitch. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, it looked like a DS Lite when you had it closed, sitting mm-hmm. next to your other phone. The only thing that I'm worried about is I can't get a case until the 23rd or the 30th of September because Uh-oh. they're all sold out. So I'm hoping you that not trust yourself. I do not trust myself. I, <laughs> dude, I don't I don't use a touchscreen until I get a protective screen on it. Yeah, so the protective screen doesn't show up until the 14th. And then the other thing doesn't show up until the 30th. So I'm hoping that on Tuesday, my Verizon gets a restock and I can get both of them. That way I can cancel before my the marathon. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, like tomorrow I have to drive up to Quantico to take this course, this week long course for a new uh-huh. accounting system. And it like, I've got big pockets, but just God forbid if this bitch f- falls. Cause this is like, this is like a pound. This is like a pound or two. It's heavy. It's, it's a heavy cheap fucking either. Phone. No, it's $2,000 dude. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> do uh, do they have life proofs for that somehow? I mean, or I have insurance. Thing? Is it a yeah, transformer? Like, like the way? Yeah, that, I don't understand how, does how a case, case would work, work on that thing. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, because it, it folds. folds. Like, like how would the case work with the folding? So it goes on the outside. There is a part of the case that just flaps over on top of it. And it clips, okay. and then you take the mm. clip off, and then you can just do whatever. And it also oh. has the S Pen, which is like it's oh, it's okay. it's like if I wanted to write or some stupid shit like that. Like it's S Pen compatible, Bluetooth compatible. Nice. Um, it's the first phone that doesn't have a uh, cell uh, headphone jack, so I'm a little annoyed about that. But I mean, like, yeah, compared to that sucks. All the other stupid shit that I get along with it, it's great. The cameras have the adapter. The camera's shit on it too, but I don't care because I didn't buy this for a fucking camera. I bought this so I can play my fucking video games. And watch your porn. And watch my porn <laughs> and fucking 2160p, baby. Looks great, but it's really awkward when you get walked in on because there is no hiding that bitch. <laughs> I mean, you have like a 2080 in your PC, don't you? <laughs> like 2080? No, it's a, it's a 2070 Super. It's just a little oh, bit. Oh, 2070 Super. Okay. Step below that. Uh, sure. To each their own. Yeah. You spent two thousand dollars to play ROMs and watch porn. Yes. Yeah. So- <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like, to do other things like this, it's it's way easier for me than doing it with this. You know, I get my pen. I get all the different PDA. Like, it's twenty six. Uh, two. Uh, one hundred and twenty hertz. So everything looks good on it. Like everything looks fucking clean. Uh, I just wanted the more table space to fucking do shit with. That's right, all. Right. I'm paying an additional $600 for the second half of a phone. Jesus Christ. That's <laughs> your second monitor. It is my second monitor. And then you just, they go boop and they come together. Weird. I got, I, the coolest thing I started doing with my phone this week was like, I'm lazy. I don't want to do text messages. So I'm sending audio files to people now. I, well, I do <laughs> that too, it's but gross. it's because I my screen's it. fucked up. My fucking, I fucking I have it. I have two screens on my phone. It's a stupid story and I don't feel like telling it anymore, but so I look like a 40-year-old just like <laughs> yes, I am home now if you want to get groceries, you know. Well, are you only I a just, few years away from that? Uh, what? 40. 
Oh, I, I didn't even know that's what I said. Uh, I meant 70. Oh, okay. okay uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. Yep. Me and my 5S. Uh, I, sent, I, sent one to, I sent one to Scotty. Uh, I was like, hey, Scotty, I need to know if you had a choice. Would you put potatoes oh. or nacho fries on your Taco Bell burrito? <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. That's not – you're not talking about the same thing then. I thought you were talking about like – you hit a button and it records and poorly translates what you say into text. You sent me an audio file. No, no, no. That's what I'm doing is sending audio files now. Okay. Don't you ever send me an audio file. I'll fucking delete it. I'm doing it. it. I'll delete yeah, that confused it. me. That really confused me. I thought you the were The only thing trouble. that sucks is, yeah, <laughs> the only thing that sucks is, like, on my phone, it doesn't tell you anything. Like, it doesn't label it or anything. So, like, you'll forget, like, what did he say in this one? So, you, I got, you got to go mm-hmm. back and listen to it again and mm-hmm. all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It it's it's fun. I just don't text as enough, um, enough people. I usually message them on Discord, so it's fine. Uh, I replied immediately with that important question with my important answer. <laughs> <laughs> you did. That is true. <laughs> oh, besides that, uh, Guilty Gear Balance patch. Everyone got buffed. Fucking everybody. <laughs> if everyone got buffed, doesn't mean doesn't that mean nobody got buffed? No, no everyone got buffed. Everyone got buffed. Everyone got buffs except Soul. Soul got nerfs. And well, uh, yeah, <laughs> he's still, that was evident. He, he's still probably the best character in the game. So the only two differences that they gave him was that his far slash or the only two nerfs is that his far slash, he can't hit you as far, which is a little bit annoying at match start. If you're playing against a thinner or a smaller character, because the combo at, in the opening is like far slash into heavy slash mm-hmm. so that you can go into the combo. If I'm playing like Milia, and I hit him with far slash. I just whiff that shit. And I'm just like, oh, sad boys. Can't do shit about that now. Um, I'm dumb. I'm nope. still playing in the past. <laughs> nope. uh, but his far slash now, if you faultless defense against it, like before, Soul can just like far slash, far slash, far slash, far slash, and just bully somebody into a fucking corner if they didn't know where to hit the button to, on the gap. Um. Okay. In this one now, if they faultless defense, they do the push block, and Soul fucking flies. He flies, like, almost halfway to the other side of the screen, which is good for them. It's an, it's a necessary, like, change because fighting Soul and just abusing Soul is really, really fucking dumb, especially against players that don't know what the fuck they're doing. So it's just like, ha, ah, fuck you, fuck you. Um, besides that, his 6S or his standing slash where he just throws his sword out there, they made it thinner. So now I can't okay. anti-air with it. You can't 5-6P uh, against it. It's it's just very counterable. Uh, that said, they gave his wild throw, like, uh, buffs in the point where I can now Roman cancel it and just do insane amounts of damage. So it's just all around, like, no, I may take away these two things, but here's, like, three more things I can say fuck you to. So everyone got buffs. Uh, okay. Soul's still really strong. You get strong. a buff, and you get a buff. I, pretty much. It's the Oprah... Oprah balance patches. Balance. Everybody gets humpback whales. <laughs> Look, all right, I've been making a lot of Dane Cook jokes ref- references oh lately. Oh, my God. And people are like, are you quoting Dane Cook? I'm like, I'm tired of thinking that he's not funny. He's, he's not. funny. He's not funny. So, but I will okay, not, his, I, jokes, I will not... his jokes are not funny. It was his mannerisms that made people laugh. It was, you don't know. Like, yeah. yeah, I do. I saw him fucking live. Like if, That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, you don't does. like fun. So. I don't like fun? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what it is. Okay. 
Last thing that I did, I played Mortal Shell. It's not the last thing that I did, but it's the last thing I want to talk about because I'm mad at Ratchet and Clank Rifts Apart. Mortal Shell. Uh, I only played a little bit of the beginning of the game, but it's fucking weird. It's it like markets itself as a Souls-like game, but like the the controls are super fucking floaty. Combat is a little bit delayed, which is annoying. And then like when you go to swing your sword, there's like no oomph behind it. Like no oomph, oomph. So like it, when I swing mm. my sword in fucking Dark Souls three, I yeah, fe- you feel I, the you kind of feel the weight. Like the character like shakes. And gets the recoil. If he's Especially like if you're around. like two-handing it and it's a big weapon. Exactly. Too. In this game, it's just like... It's just <laughs> like it's a piece of cardboard and you're like hitting people. And what's annoying... Did Somber tell you to play this game? He did. And, the, and I'm not blaming him. Okay? okay. I'm not blaming him. I mean, he does like Kingdom Hearts. So... <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's, that's a disease that no one can cure. Um, I mean, he acknowledged that that series is ass, but he, he did. loves it. <laughs> and th- that's why I respect him. But uh, <laughs> no, the whole the whole thing with, with Mortal Shell is that I feel like I'm not hitting people until they actually fall over and die. And I don't feel like I'm getting hit because when people hit me, it's just like, uh, I moved backwards. No I heard a little bit. Yeah, it's it's there's a there is stagger, but it's just like, I don't know. Like I said, if I get hit in Dark Souls, my controller shakes. I like the the screen shakes a little. Are bit. you just I spoiled feel... by Dark Souls? Yeah, maybe? yeah. No, I'm spoiled. I'm 100 <laughs> okay. percent spoiled. I'm spoiled okay. by uh, from software. They make great fucking games. You know that, that there's true. there's no true. denying that. I'm just saying, like, I don't think that Mortal Shell is bad. I Who have to this? just play it on its own terms. I don't know. I I saw the name. Give me a second. I had to look it up real quick, so Cold I apologize symmetry. if I was looking at my phone. Cold I've what? Them. Cold Symmetry. Uh, they don't even... Yeah, it's like they a do. fucking prog rock album title. Yeah, so it is their first game, and they don't have a whole lot of information about them. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. It's a team... I mean, that game has been that's, pretty successful, though. That's bold it? to do that Cold. genre as your first game. If they're yeah. a team of four... All right. Does it make you respect the game a little <laughs> bit better now? His opinion just I mean, changed no, entirely. No, like no, my opinion is not is not changed, right? Um, okay. But it's impressive mm-hmm. still. So here's here's like the weird thing about it. It it plays like a Soulsborne and it doesn't. The entire way that you level up is nothing like a Soulsborne game. The okay. idea is like you're this spirit and you take over these lifeless husks, like these lifeless bodies. And you assume them, and the entire way that you're like leveling up is that you're learning about their memories. And when you unlock more of their memories, you'll unlock more of their abilities. Um, mm-hmm. That's interesting. It's 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 cool, uh, and it's like a more cryptic Mega Man. It, it's 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 very cryptic, um, and like when you're about to die while you're in the shell. You get kicked out of that body. You still have a chance to go back and jump back in yeah. and regain. I gotta find my body. I gotta find my which body. Is, which is cool. <laughs> I, I I like that. But you're yeah. essentially like one one yeah. hit from death, dude. Like, TJ does have a good point in the chat there. He says it sounds like third birthday. If you guys played the third Parasite Eve game on uh, PSP or mm-hmm. whatever, that's kind of you hop from enemy to enemy and use whatever guns or abilities they have. And that's how you progress through the game. You can walk around as yourself, but you kind of hop around and use their 
stuff that they have. That's cool. I like yeah. that mechanic. Good game. Good uh, send-off for the PSP, but holy shit, they put that on the wrong console. Yeah. I remember I remember that Caleb Hart, uh, Caleb Hart 42, the Mega Man Final Fantasy 7 speedrunner, he was really big on Mortal Shell for a while. I don't know if he got sponsored to play the game, but he played it for a long time when it first came out. I have to play it more to like really lean into it. Do you? I do. <laughs> I do. Just out of general curiosity. Yeah, I'm just like I think I like this game, but I also think I don't. So I have to. If I'm gonna shit on it, I need to know why I need to exactly. shit. Exactly. That's like, this, kind of exactly how I felt about Freedom Planet because I was like, this is the first bigger game that's clearly inspired by like 16-bit Sonic. Everybody else is Mario or Mega Man. Mm-hmm. I gotta try this indie game, and then I was like. I don't know if I like this or if I'm just accepting of it and feel obliged, not obliged, obliged. Like my exact feelings on freedom. Yeah. Planet. I just never gave it that second shot. So yeah. like, I don't know if I dislike it. I think I don't like it. Um, yeah, it's but beautiful gotta, looking, but it just doesn't feel like its own game. I mm-hmm. think is my problem with it. So yep. sounds like that's, I don't mean to just suddenly give my review on that, but that's pretty no, much no, what no, you no, sound no. like you're saying Fuck about you, that Fuck you, Freedom one. Planet! Uh-huh. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's, it's similar similar situation. But th- that's really my week. Uh, I would talk about Ratchet & Clank Rifts Apart, but I have to remind myself that I'm playing on the hardest difficulty, and I was playing one of the hardest challenges, and I was fucking pissed today, so I'm not going to talk about it right now. Okay. <laughs> All right, it's Mr. Scotty. Scotty Moe, uh, you are up. All right, so thank you for having me, everybody. If anybody watching doesn't know what I do, or I almost said what I am or who I do, um, I am the magazine content manager for Megavisions Magazine, uh, also a co-host on their Twitch streaming, uh, and that's all I do. I almost mentioned the podcast, but I'm not part of that anymore. Go podcast. Um, You're on so, this one, so, yeah, I've kind of been pretty busy in real life, and uh, I... Sat in for my buddy's band recently, played at a hard rock cafe in town, um, and it was a lot of fun. Oh. Super sweaty, at super a hard great. Rock cafe? The hard rock cafe is a fucking horrible venue, and I don't care what anyone <laughs> says ever about it. But he wanted to play music because of the pandemic. Yeah. So. Oh, I was talking to my buddy before this. I was like, well, it was Alex who played Scott Pilgrim with us forever ago. Uh, Corey. Oh, nice. He's, yeah, he's in Your a band. Alex, he, not my Alex. Yeah, so. my Alex. He plays guitar in a band, and um, I was their backup backup drummer, because their original drummer was sitting in on bass, because their bassist was out of town, and they got their old drummer, <laughs> who got sick, so I filled in for their fill-in drummer. So That's it was... Uh, fucking connections, man. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, he literally it, it called me the day before. It should have been in a Denny's before. parking lot. It would have been perfect. Yeah, right. He literally called me the day before. Well, he first texts me. He's like, so can I ask you a question? I'm like, oh, my God. I know you just proposed. Am I running the wedding now? What's going on? And he's like, would you want to play tomorrow at the Hard Rock? I'm like, well, we were going to go anyway, so why not? Um, right. It was a lot of fun, though. It was good to just be on a stage again, and um, I was hamming it up and doing, like, I play drums, by the way. I don't know if I actually said that or not. Um, but uh, he, plays, he plays bongos. We, we guessed, was, by the way, we were just like, I filled in for my buddy's drummer. Oh, yeah, but it was a lot of fun. Um, super hot, humid, gross day. Uh, I was doing like crossover stuff and just being fancier than I needed to be. Um, to the point that the drummer from the opening band was like, dude, that was some sick shit. I love the cross. You're crossing your arms. I was like, oh, it's I. And I was just like, I was just trying to throw some Travis Barker in there. He's like, hell yeah, it works, though. And then. And then my buddy Alex, I told him that 
because um, it's all it always feels better when you perform and like another if you play guitar and people say great job great set whatever but if like an, the other guitarist that just played says like you did this great you did that great that always is more impactful so i so i was talking to alex i was like yeah their drummer even you know i guess i've still got it despite not playing for a while and he goes, do you think he even knows who Travis Barker is? He's pretty young. I'm like, don't say that to me. He's like, <laughs> and he's like, Scotty, do you think he knows who Blink-182 is? I was like, fuck you. I don't want to live in a world that suddenly just forgot a lot of, like, I the no most. I don't want to live on this planet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that's why I wanted to tell that story, because it's just like, fuck, we might be getting there. We might be getting close to that. I mean, um, I, I feel that with my brother. Me and my brother are 12 years apart. I'm 12 years older than him. And, I mean, we connect on, like, video games and stuff like that. But I'll bring up something. And he's like, who? And I'm like, Ugh. boy. Like, <laughs> boy. Son. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. He'll just look at me. He goes, I don't know who that is. And I'm like, get out of my face. So, that's mm-hmm. why I try to mm-hmm. keep up with uh, today's music. I don't want to be the one where it's just like, it's like the Aesop Rocky. I'm just like, okay, I know who that is. My pulse, <laughs> my pulse is still on, on, the, yeah. on, on the hip shit. At least with music. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about anything else. Fuck movies. Fuck. No, yeah, your movie. I'm d- way different with movies. I know, like, that and, like, voice actors. Like, I'm starting to get to the point where you can, like, identify voice actors. Like, oh, that person sounds... And I'm not talking about English ones. I mean Japanese ones. Mm-hmm. So, like... <laughs> you know the dumbest... I, this is such a stupid complaint, but, like, I hate the posts because I just saw this by Amazon Prime. They're like, uh, here's this character and here's Mr. Krabs. Would you believe that it's by the sa- the same guys doing their voices? And I'm like, give them some fucking Range? credit. Yes. Uh, surprise. Some people don't just, unlike Homer Simpson, people voice other characters in their life. Like, I just, I don't know. That kind of stuff pisses me off because it's like, you're not impressing anyone and you also just indirectly insulted the talent too. <laughs> So, Scotty's got some deep rage for the. It, oh, it annoys the Homer. shit out of me. It annoys. <laughs> no, not that. I hate. <laughs> I hate a lot of things. But I'll tell you what I do love is old '90s pop punk, and that brings me into going to the Hella Mega Tour, which was the Interrupters, Weezer, Fallout Boy, and Green Day. And wow, um, we missed the Interrupters. Unfortunately, this was a stadium show. Um, and we decided the week before that we were going to go to this show because we looked at the set lists because both Rachel and I were like, Rachel is all about Green Day, has always been about Green Day, and this was the fourth time I've seen Fall Out Boy just because they happened to be on the lineup for another band we were going to see. And um, and I'd never seen Weezer. Somehow I'd never seen Weezer. So I was like, that might be cool, and we looked at the set list. We're like, oh, shit, they're playing older stuff. We're going to actually know these songs, so let's go check this out. Um, I heard the Interrupters Weezer is good. They're well. They, I mean, they are a band that has been around for a long time. Uh, they Rivers <laughs> Cuermo is a interesting fellow. Um, he is. Yeah, that's all I can say. <laughs> I remember hearing about some tours where he was brought out, like a coffin was wheeled out onto the stage, and they leaned it forward, and he walked out of it and started singing. He didn't do that this time, but like maybe he just likes the Undertaker. Like maybe that's I don't just what know. it is. <laughs> it's just so fucking crazy. Um, but uh, we missed the Interrupters unfortunately because this show started at like five twenty on a Thursday. That's so early, yeah. Oops, we have to get home from our day jobs and then drive through rush hour. So we did not get there till like after six. Um, oh, the website for the tour, I think you were talking about this, gives a link to the Spotify playlist that was the set list. 
Oh, does it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, okay. it's like a, it's a playlist of all the songs I guess they played. Oh, that's not how we found it. You just look up. I don't know if it's through Last FM or somebody or whatever, but you can find set lists of bands as they're on tour and stuff. Um, so gotcha. we, uh, I thought it was a mistake because uh, Sugar was like set song number two or three on Fallout Boys set. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And we'll get to that in a second, though. But we got there, and it's the first time we ever been to a stadium show. First time I'd actually ever been in this stadium, our baseball stadium, because we don't do sports. Um, but Weezer was cool. Weezer's stage was, they had, for no reason at all, seven kick drums, or wait, W-E-E-Z-E-R. Six kick drums in front of the drummer lined up just to oh, spell yeah. W-E-E-Z-E-R. He didn't use all of them, but it looked obnoxious and cool. And it would have been cool if he ran between each of them, like mm, between yes, the songs. obnoxious and cool. Got it. Yes, yes. Yep, that's Weezer. Uh, so. <laughs> but the 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 behind them, their color scheme was like teal and pink, and or turquoise and pink. And behind them was just a half circle of amps. And I had to, like do a, a a double take. I was like, oh, that's a screen behind them. They still had their their stacks behind them, but then they had a, a screen that was like showing a wall of amps, like to be the 80s hair metal or something um, of just walls of noise. But they were okay. I mean, they played the hits. Um, they played their cover of Africa. And then, appropriately, it started to downpour in this outdoor <laughs> gig. Uh, so that was fun. That's great. It, you were um, prepared, though. Yeah, we, uh, day before Dollar Store Ponchos, baby, uh, we were good to go. <laughs> um, we did not, because we saw... And also, the weather's been so stupid, it's rained when they said it wasn't going to, and blah, blah, blah. So, we're like, there's no cover in, like, except for the nosebleeds, so we're going to get ponchos. And we had, and we wore ponchos. Um, but they were fine. Uh, I didn't realize how many songs I actually knew of Weezer's. Rachel's, Rachel didn't really know anything by them. Uh, we went to grab merch, or we, we walked to merch since we were tired of being gross and soaked. Um, and I didn't care about their shirts or anything um but i saw fallout boys i was like oh it says it says like pittsburgh on it or something and we get up closer to it i'm like ah shit i don't have any fallout boy shirts and i think i <laughs> like fallout boy a lot after we looked at their set list i'm like i kind of know more song whatever and so they suck you don't want to admit that you bought a fallout boy shirt yeah it was weird it was weird because i i kind of stopped listening to them after their fourth album uh and i've always had a weird relationship with them where i've listened to whenever a new album is out of theirs i would listen to the one before it it just kind of happened that way but mm -hmm. i fucking bought their shirt i'm wearing it now it has a little chest thing that just says fallout boy stadium crew but i'll show you guys the back and you'll see why i got it uh it's and i'll explain it in a second can you see that at all? Ah, oh, yeah, it's the monkey, like, yeah, it's got a monkey, cool? like, holding a guitar or something like that. Okay. Uh, Stadium crew, Pittsburgh uh, 21. Yeah. Okay, that's that's pretty it. cool. So it has a like fucking that. gorilla demolishing the stadium with fire, and uh, he's, like, holding a guitar and has a hat that says FOB on it, but but it's it says very, Pittsburgh 21. Uh, guitar hero design. A little bit, yeah. But, so, I looked at it, and I'm like, I think that's actually a drawing of the stadium, too. And then we found out just today, we were double-checking, yeah, they had a different city shirt for each city, and that's the stadium for Pittsburgh on it. There's a different thing for each tour, I each like show. So I'm stuff. like, ah, oh, fuck, you got me. You suckered me in with the with the fan, with the hometown yeah. pandering. So 
Whenever um, I would go to whenever I go to concerts, I usually only buy merch that's like tour mor- merch. Yeah, like well, that was the thing is like, like we saw the the like the tour date shirts and each band had their tour date shirt, but we didn't care because a Green Day's new album is nothing special and it has that stupid unicorn looking thing on the front and that was the emblem for the tour. Even though Green Day played one song off that album, um, and, I'm not gonna lie, I like. I like this thing. This thing looks pretty cool. This artwork looks great. <laughs> oh yeah, that artwork is cool, but it was nothing more than that. And I don't know. It's it's I don't know. It's a weird thing. You do we do always try to get tour shirts to show that because it's like oh yes, I remember this date and whatever you know. Um, but so if I, got, I had known that this was one of the shirts, I would have given you money to get me one. You can still get them <laughs> online. They're selling them on their website. Oh mm-hmm. okay. Now I don't really want it. So. Yeah, not as special. <laughs> Um, nope. but no fallout boy, their fucking set design was great. Um, they had a projector screen behind them with like a cool, uh, border around the screen. Um, right before they played dance dance, um, their drummer, uh, Jesus Christ. I can't remember anyone's name. Joe, Andy, uh, was up on like a shed. Like it looked like, yeah, it looked like a, almost the shed from evil dead or something that he was playing on top of and behind him was like the inside of it and it was just this really cool aesthetic that they had going on i really really dug it because i mean that's half the reason you go to these shows is for like what you're gonna see because you're not gonna be so close that you can like get spit on by them which you wouldn't want to do in 2021 anyway but you know what i mean um i've heard their drummer their drummer is actually really good (laughs) Yeah, he's got like, like he's actually a really good drummer. Andy and Joey have like metal roots. They tried to start a metal side project in between some Fallout. There was a time when Fallout Boy didn't call it quits, but they like went on a hiatus as a group. Patrick Stump did his soul punk album, which is nothing special. Pete had a duo thing with um, a lady. He had a dick pic release. <laughs> no, that was long before. That only helped them, unfortunately. Yeah. That only helped their publicity because that's how the oh, music yeah. world works. Um, but uh, I always make the joke that like none of their side projects succeeded, so that's why they got back together as Fallout Boy. But I'm pretty confident that's exactly what happened. That's literally what yeah. happened. It's quite probable. So like, <laughs> but no, they're all they're all like, uh, I don't know how great Pete's chops are, but they're all decent musicians. I didn't give a shit about Fallout Boy until I saw them with Plus Forty Four years ago, and Patrick Stump was singing over the guitar solo he was playing. So I was like, oh, maybe I should kind of pay more attention to them. Um, and uh, Patrick Stump's like actually pretty fucking talented. Yeah. Like once you start yes. like looking at the stuff he does, his range is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. People give them shit because I mean it's a pop punk band. Why wouldn't you? They're they're more like power pop now though. But like he is legit one of the most talented vocalists in pop punk today. I will not. Uh, I will die on that hill. Um, but uh, but I'll they agree. were good. I'll, I'll die up there with you. So <laughs> I appreciate that. They they were good and I. Yeah, I kind of didn't realize how many songs of theirs I knew. and But they closed the show with Saturday. Their song Saturday off of uh, Take This to Your Grave, which is not... Their biggest song is Sugar, We're Going Down, because that's yeah. what made yeah. them explode. And Rachel and I song. were the only one in the crowd like around us singing to their closing song. <laughs> not joking. So <laughs> You old shit! We were just like, how do you... How does no one know? Like, did no one... Uh, it... it Mm, that's I, not the album that has where is your no uh dead on arrival is it yeah oh it is that album yep. okay yep yep um i mean it's it's similar to like you go to like an afi show and nobody knows anything 
beyond uh, Day of the like they don't they don't know they don't know anything they about, might uh, know girls gone gray it, uh, that's about it but girls gone gray was after that uh, uh fucking I didn't they have one in rock band didn't they have a song in rock band or guitar hero or something or am i thinking of somebody else miss it might i mean rock band got a lot i don't know a lot of the rock band lists but rock band ended up getting a lot of fucking music uh no, Girls Gone Gray was before the Miss Murder. Stuff. That's what it was, Miss Murder. Miss Murder. Not on talk rock about Miss Murder. So, so fucking. Uh, what what was the song that you just said? Drew drew a blank. Uh, Girls Gone Gray. Girls Gone Gray was on Sing the Sorrow. I'm talking about like the Art of Drowning from their 2000 album. Oh, no, they, and Days nobody of would know was on that. that shit. No. Uh, but like they like nobody knows anything of was like uh, answer that or stay fashionable and very proud of you and like when we went to shows they would start playing like their actual punk songs yeah 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 and there'd be only like a handful of people that are able to like yeah. shout in the background singing along the lyrics and everyone is just like well this isn't their goth shade well it's like it's like <laughs> Gre- uh, Green Day playing stuff off of Kerplunk we'll get there like <laughs> we'll get to that people are like wait there was something before Dookie I'm like yeah there was actually a lot before Dookie so yeah they um uh, but yeah but Fall Out Boy was good um a lot of fun stuff uh and yeah I realized I I, I just flat out don't know anything beyond Infinity on High um and you don't know Uma Thurman I I knew I knew that I knew when they were playing that song because I recognized the hook and some other stuff. The, the um, monsters. Yeah, I didn't. I had never heard that full song, so I think I'd only heard it after that. So I looked to Rachel, who loves like that era of TV, and she filmed that part for her mom. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because so, when I first heard it, I was like, I wonder how they got the rights to use the monster theme. All right. <laughs> I'm sure it's cheaper than most of the other shit they'd have to pay for. Like if they ever wanted to play. Um, the Munsters is pretty old. I feel like a lot of people might not know who the Munsters are. Oh, no, 100%. Speaking of, yeah. The same as, like, the, I forget what Panic Song has uh, putting on the Ritz, like, playing in the background. Their fucking audience doesn't know that shit. Um, That's another. So I've never been a big uh, Panic at the Disco fan, but I caught the main, the what's the main, the front man's name? Brendan Urie. I remember his name. Brendan Urie. Thank you. He was on an episode of Your Mom's House podcast, which I I love that podcast. It's uh, Tom Segura and uh, comedian Christina P's podcast. And he was on it. And I was like, this dude's legitimately fucking funny mm-hmm. and has an, a very interesting backstory. Yeah. And even more interesting how his band has how or not his band but how the band has progressed and evolved because I still don't really like Panic at the Disco, but I respect Brandon Urie. Uh, mm-hmm. their library is very versatile Fast. at this point. Well, yeah, yeah, like, yeah it uh, just spans different genres they're, and shit. They were just fucking, progressive's not the word. They're ambitious, because uh, they're, they toured with one album for like two years. Um, yeah, yep. And that, and he talks about the tour, yeah, like ha- how crazy it was. Half of that, well, half of that show was like going to fucking Cirque du Soleil. They had crazy stuff going yeah. on, so... Um, and I, I will never re- regret more how ignorant I was when I went to the Nintendo Fusion tour and it was Panic at the Disco opening for Motion City Soundtrack opening for Fallout Boy. And I got into those wow. bands way more after that show. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, I was an ignorant freshman in college when I went to that or something. I forget how old I was, but, um, yeah, Fall Out Boy is good. Uh, and then Green Day came on and each, I should preface this. Weezer, Fall Boy, and Green Day all played for an hour each. And so it Jesus. was like quality 
a quantity over quality overall with this experience, but I'll get to that eventually. But Green Day played, you know, mostly stuff off Dookie, mostly stuff off, um, um, oh my god, American Idiot, uh, some new stuff, a couple things off 21st Century Breakdown. Um, they played Minority, which I did not expect that was them the only to thing, play. Yeah, that was the only thing they played off of Warning. Um, they, you know, did the Operation Ivy thing. Uh, and fucking, the kid that got on stage, he's like, I've been playing... Oh, his sign said something like, I've been playing guitar for three years. And then he fucking went up there, and he was just hamming it up, and like, running around, and like, sticking his tongue out. Yeah. I just said to Rachel, I'm like three years my fucking ass <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so but it was fun um they did but they I still think i think trey cool is legitimately a good drummer a lot of people yeah don't think that but it, i think he is still good if anybody calls shit on him you go up there and try to play his fucking set he's doing more on the hi-hat than he needs to for any of those songs uh yeah. mm-hmm. so it's it's i did like there was a song on american idiot i can't remember what it was but there's a song where all three of them sing different parts of the song um, and uh trey cool has his part mike has his part and of course Billy. oh Joe that might be homecoming it might be it's a very long song but like i legitimately like even as a kid like because i had a friend that was really big into music in high school with me and all that he's like trey cool's garbage and i'm like i don't think you're right I think you're wrong on this. Yeah. Like, and he's, cause he's a, he was a drummer and he's just like, right. I don't like Trey cool. And I was like, I, have you listened to anything? So whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you, well, they played, um, I mentioned stuff off Dookie and he was doing stuff. I guess I've never paid too close attention to his part seeing it live, but the, uh, the breakdown on welcome to paradise, I always thought, well, I'm sure it was in the studio that it was dubbed over. Cause it definitely sounds like two drum parts, but he played that live. So it was not, Either he's oh, wow. either he's gotten I'm sure he's gotten better since then because I'm still pretty confident that's two separate recordings on the album, but he was doing uh, stuff on the the Bell of the Ride and also the other fills and things. So yeah, um, but no, it was just like it was a lot of like it's a double edged sword when Rachel sees them because it's always giant shows. The last time we saw them was uh, against me open for them. That was a fucking great show. She was in the pit for that. I was okay wow. to not be in the pit for that. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah it was a really good show and um but it's you know they play the hits and they've been around for a while so they've got a hits like they can easily fill a hour an hour with the radio stuff uh and yeah. we it was a good show lots of energy i was very surprised like out of the songs they played they played the whole way through jesus of suburbia which like for for probably a solid year of my life wow. that was half of my uh practice session for when i was playing drums yeah. um and uh American Idiot is one of my favorite albums of theirs because that kind of basically got me through my sophomore year of college when I was not sure what I was doing with my life. Um, so yeah, as much as people as much as people give shit on that album, it's it's a good album. It's their comeback album, so it's you know it is what it is. But we got out of there. We were walking out of the stadium at eleven twenty. I only know that because somebody sent me a message at exactly 1120 and I was trying to answer, but there was no reception. It was just chaos. Um, and we got to the parking garage and we were in the parking garage for like 40 minutes to eventually do our 15 minute drive home. So that's our last stadium show because it's too much. We paid too much for those tickets because we've seen, I've seen fall out boy four times. She's seen green day, green day a bunch of times. Um, it was not, worth it was worth it was quantity over quality because like i said yeah. each band had a long set um but 
fucking standing outside in the rain and then just the cost of the ticket for the distance that we were from the stage was not worth it when you can pay one sixteenth of that and be like shoved up against the fucking guardrail against the stage at a closet shitty bar well, the show. Problem, the problem with that is you'll never get any of those. You'll never get those shows with those three bands. Right. Well, like, yeah, that is they're, it. They're past that. Yeah. And that's why we realized, I guarantee you the set lists a hundred percent changed from what they were pre pandemic, because this was more of like towards a returning, we're going to play the hits. And we know that there's some people out here that have kids that are introducing them to our music that they listen to in high school, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're like, we're going to try to please everybody. But um, we realized, though, like Re- Rachel was venting the next day about Green Day. And she's just like, they if they did a warning tour, we would drop so much money to see that. Because um, surprisingly, that's our favorite album of theirs. Um, and that is so interesting. Yeah, it's a weird... I, I have a weird history with pop punk despite it being kind of my roots because that was the first green day album i bought um but but she's kind of overseeing them because they're not going to play what she wants to hear and it's the exact same way i feel with the uh pop punk uh christian rock band reliant k who was a big influence for me and i saw fuck you (laughs) no chris listen have you ever tried to play any of their songs on guitar and stuff no I know one song from oh. them, and I said that was enough. Like, don't get me wrong. Was that Sadie I'm Hawkins sure dance? Good. No, it's uh, a fuck. I need to look it up. But be anyway. my escape then. Yes. Yes. That. that that's um, not one of their stronger look, ones. I'm not. It's. I haven't listened to a whole lot of them. I saw them live once. I, I did not like them. Right. It's um, okay to not like things, but Chris. it's yeah. It's okay to not like things. That's, that's yeah. All I'm saying. Well. But the thing is, like my my experience with with pop punk as a whole is that there is a very strong divide between you know what I like and what I don't like. Too much sugar is bad for you, and I feel like stuff like uh, goddamn Fallout Boy and Weezer and Reliant K those are a little bit like too soft for me. I liked some forty one. I liked Blink one eighty two. I liked, uh, fuck, I, some Green Day. I do like. I I do enjoy uh, American Idiot quite a bit. I do enjoy Warning. Well, see, um, I grew up with a dad that. So my dad was really young when I was young. When I was younger, like he was young, mm-hmm. like he was our age when I was like probably like five or so. Or no, it was much later than that because I think I was born when he was like eighteen. So when he started, like, when Green Day first came out is when I first heard Green Day. So, like, I got a lot of my music from my dad. So, like... Right. Slappy and, hours. I mean, I, I remember listening to Kerplunk. Yeah. Like, dad had the cassette, and we would listen to that, and then Dookie came out, and then Nimrod came out. Nimrod's probably my favorite album. And, uh, but... I don't know where I was going with this, but that's, like, I got into <clears> it early. So, like, when American Idiot happened, I was like, this is good, but I think I still like older Green Day. Yeah. And a lot of people got pissed off at me. And I'm like, I'm not saying that the new Green Day sucks. It's just drastically different. And yeah. my high school kids weren't going to, you know, have a my discussion. thing about Green Day's American Idiot is the same feeling that I have for um, my Chemical Romance's Black Parade. Oh boy. It's like, yeah, those are legitimately good albums. But like, one, I've heard Black Parade what, a thousand fucking times. The- fucking tired of it like i've I don't been into a hot topic overrated, before. <laughs> but like, god damn like 
that song that album got played for like five years straight and got and uh mrc or mcr didn't do anything for like four or five years on tour because yeah. i saw them when they did they did a show in jones beach and i don't remember i think it was like uh was this when they would like Lincoln split Parks. their fucking show in half and essentially come out as a different band to play black parade and shit no no no, no. they hadn't i hadn't seen them do uh, that but i heard that they did that shit yeah. um but yeah no it That's was weird. just like all they fucking played was black parade yeah. and it started on the the tour that i saw them with lincoln park when they just released i don't know if they just released it because i don't remember the the timing but i'm pretty sure they released um their third album uh minutes to midnight and they were on tour with him and him just released uh venus doom oh god and it was just like so they talked about okay. bill was midnight, i believe the bill was my cam lincoln and him yeah, wow. I think I want to say it was it was like their revolution. Tour. That is like, like Lincoln Park's Lincoln Park was the headliner. Wow. Obviously, that's so crazy. Like then right. that's that lineup makes sense. But in but now you'd be like, there's no way those bands would be on stage together. <laughs> oh no way! But, uh, no fucking. That's way. crazy, especially with the direction that Lincoln Park went yeah. into. But going back to what I was saying, like it was if if a band had more was closer to like the hardcore scene, like Newfound Glory. For just some reason, I, I was like closer or more attached to the stuff that those bands did as opposed to, like, fucking Fallout. Well, like, what's interesting, like, I'll, I'll say real quick before we get away from that, um, Newfound Glory is a band that I'll always go into the pit for. But Newfound Glory, amongst all the mm-hmm. pop punk shows I've been doing, everything, Relying K, Green Day, whatever, Newfound Glory is still one of the few pop punk bands that, like, the demographic is split. You see just as many dudes as girls in their crowd. Whereas it's mainly teeny bopper girls in the other crowds, especially kind of disco. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'd agree with that one. I'd agree with that one. And I'm not trying to say that Fall Out Boy has bad songs. Like, <laughs> oh, they do. Of but... what I heard, what I or like, they don't have good songs. Is what I meant to say. Like Infinity on High, that had a pretty like a few good songs. Uh, like everyone fucking knows Sugar. Everyone knows Dance Dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still had that fucking song pop up into my head every now and then, but it's just like you have to sing it like Stomp P sings it though. Like <laughs> you gotta sing because he sings that song like he's insane in that song. Mm-hmm. Dance, yes. dance, and like what the fuck are you doing, bro? Like yeah. whenever you see that song live, it's never the same twice. No, no it's not, and not even within the same song. No. He'll change key. Yes. He'll change key whenever the chorus pops up. Yeah, again. he does. But, oh, no, I. I, I appreciate stuff like The Offspring and MXPX yep. and Saves the Day, The Starting Line, Brand New, Alkaline Trio. Um, I just, mm-hmm. when it gets overly poppy, when it covers more into the pop scene, that's when I'm just kind of like. Well, that's okay. what, uh, yeah. So that's where. You suck now. I'll acknowledge, <laughs> I'll acknowledge your existence. Yeah. The the thing with me now is um, I was into Reliant K when they were an unknown, still signed to Goatee Records, Christian band. And, like, mm-hmm. I... They made me realize, like, oh, when I was way more religious in high school, they kind of made me realize, like, they're really good, but I can't only listen to Christian rock because I'm going to kind of minimize myself as a musician. Like, <laughs> crazy. Well, that too, but... So, like, I was getting to other bands, but I was still with them. And so, like, you know, I started 
listening to them when they were playing like Club Laga in Pittsburgh, which isn't around anymore, but that's a place that had like a maximum capacity of like 150, maybe. Um, and then watching and them like 400 in there. Yeah. And then like watching them get bigger. Uh, they did share a bill with newfound glory once, which was weird. Um, but, uh, like seeing them get bigger and then listening to their more recent stuff. And then there was one album that hit and it was like, this is clearly only Matt Thiessen, their front man and producers writing these songs. And I was like, yep. I think I'm done. Cause also it was just a, it, other things, but like going to their shows, it just wasn't the same. And it was like, They've signed to this label. They're doing this. He's more producing stuff. Yep. Like, Al City, Al City basically exists because Matt Thiessen helped produce his albums and stuff. And it's like, they're not going to ever play the songs that got me into their music ever again live. So I don't yep. think I need to bother going to their shows. And I think Rachel's kind of like that with Green Day now because it's like, they're going to play Dookie Forever, American Idiot Forever, and whatever singles are off their new shit. So it's like we're not gonna yeah. lose our voices to any of this anytime soon, you know. So, but I it's mean, not. I can't talk much shit on you because I enjoy a, I enjoy at least one Switchfoot song. So, oh yeah, well Switchfoot's still good. They still play a pretty wide range of their stuff. They, dude, they were one of the more active bands during pandemic too, and they like made because they were a Christian band, right? Yeah, they still are, and they still do a lot of good stuff, um, like beneficial stuff. But they still play good shows, and they're just good. It's a they're just a good group. Uh, they're just tight musicians, but um, they're the ones who sang "Dare You to Move." Right? Yeah, "Mental Live." Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good song. Um, "Hello Hurricane" and stuff. They still do. "Mental Live" is the one I really like. Yeah, there's still a lot of fun. Um, there, there are some good... Uh, oh, reason I mentioned... I asked if you ever, like, tried to play Reliant K stuff. They do way more intricate stuff on guitar and, like, different parts. Uh, obviously, their harmonies than any pop-punk band ever needed to do. So when I started to try to learn their stuff on guitar, I was like, oh, I need to actually try to do this to maybe get better rather than just power chords galore and stuff. <laughs> um but uh, but yeah, they're so far from what they were. Same with Green Day. I, I when I was teaching drum lessons, one of my students wanted to learn uh, um, "Know Your Enemy." I think it is by Green Day, and that whole song is just like snare, kick, kick, snare, snare, kick. Like it was the only time I ever tried to talk a student out of learning a song because I was like, "You don't need me to tap this out for you. You are better than needing to read what this yeah. song is." Like it bothered me. Um, you uh what is it you're you're overqualified for the position yeah (laughs) and i mean it's hard to tell he was probably like 10 or something it's hard to tell a kid that like i don't need to tap this song out yeah it felt like i was doing that almost um that's what you need chris for so (laughs) yeah i'm sorry i'm rambling but i don't really talk to anyone about this stuff so (laughs) but uh so it's, that's what happens. It's fine, man. Yeah. That's why we brought you back on. But so, yeah, I mean, stadium shows, not worth the not worth the money. Uh, go to the smaller gigs where you, like, can fucking piss, fist bump the band as they're playing and stuff, you, you know? You can piss bump them. Fist that's bump what them. you can do. Piss, piss bump them, you know, all that good I shit. I mean, we're going to the midnight. We're going to the midnight in November, but I think midnight's a fine stadium sit-down show. Yeah. Uh, some of my friends have said, Scott, I'm at the point where I don't – I'm fine standing – but I love shows where I have a designated seat. <laughs> yes, it's you're I, old. I, I like also honestly, like yeah. Like the last last big show that I went to, I went to go see Paladin. I went to go see uh, Algaloc, and there was one other band that I don't remember who it was, and I might have dipped out before they showed up on stage. Uh, it very there it was, and I did not dip out because they came on second. Um, 
but it was at a bar. It was at a dive bar, and I think max capacity was 80 people, and people were flooding in. Like, they put out fucking speakers in front of the bar, yeah. and people were, like, Fire hazarding the their way sidebar. through. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. I was just like, I'm not going in there. I could hear them just fine. <laughs> yeah. I have been to shows like I, that. I sat – I paid – like, mind you, I only paid $20. Yeah. But I sat my ass on the other side of the fucking street, yeah. 40 in hand, and I'm just like, this is fine. That's a good song. They, <laughs> they had they had the windows. Yeah. Like, you could see through and see them fucking play. I'm like – we're good. This is cool. Yeah. I like that's this. A, this is there's cool. a venue called uh, the Grog Shop in Cleveland Heights in Ohio where it is a low ceiling. And so people were literally hanging from the ceiling during some crazier songs. Uh, I don't remember who the bill was, but I remember it was Newfound Glory um, as headline. That's got to feel amazing they, well, it was, being on the stage, though. They Newfound went through a phase where like they didn't realize how big they were and they were still playing smaller club shows and quickly selling them out and then like adding a second night to each of the shows basically mm-hmm. and this was one of those things and like we went to the second or no it wasn't even a second night it was the same day they added an earlier show or something yeah, crazy shows so um it was comedians just, will do that too so like we got in there and we were gradually getting closer to the stage and then we realized oh the circle pit is going to be this building so we need to move back <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's fucking great. It's so fun. Uh, they they are the band I will go into the pit for forever, probably. Um, but uh, I mean, I was a wall of the pit at System of a Down. Yeah, that was that's all I needed. I didn't need to be in it. I was a wall the into be- it. Like, yeah, the best show I ever went to was a Reliant K show, and it was the their set started. I was there with some buddies when I went to WVU. Um, one of my buddies that was there was like. Uh, he was big and he used to be a quarterback for the Mountaineers and I'm standing next to him and he's like, Scott, do you want to get up closer? Cause I basically have control of this crowd right now. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> sure. He does that immediately. I get elbowed bloody fucking nose and just shit's going nuts immediately. I eventually got on stage. Yes, dude. I'm telling you their music has changed. <laughs> so has their crowd. But, like, I eventually got on stage. They had a dude in a Twinkie suit, and I'm, like, dancing on stage with him. <laughs> and I fucking stage. This sounds all like Scotty. This like is my, this is my freshman year of college, and I fucking stage dove, lost my glasses. Um, a girl that I was hanging out and, like, met in the pit, and, like, she caught a bottle of water and, uh, and all this shit. And I was making friends at this show and then reconnected with her forever later. And she gave me back my glasses that had split, like, in the middle. They were dead. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, that was one of the best shows I've ever been to. <laughs> well, shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. Fun fact. <laughs> Reliant K is now only two members. And they haven't had a third member since 2015. Yeah, Matt Tease and Matt Hoops. So that... That probably like explains why. Well, he's been yeah. Like, Teeson's been doing Teeson's been doing um his own solo shit, and then Hoops has been managing or he's the head of uh, Mono versus Stereo Records or something. So, I mean, they're dads. The, they're not. They don't need uh, a Matt tour Teeson anymore. Hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the hell are we talking about? Oh yeah, video games. Christian Rock. Whatever you're talking about, man, it's your week. I mean, <laughs> like, the fucking, you know, some of the Christian bands, they were they were on Christian labels, like Emery or, you mentioned somebody it. before, uh, Chris, at a show you went to, I forget, but yeah, there's plenty out there. Um, other than that, 
I have too much going on in my life, and I just basically play Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 in my free time, because I learned in that game, you can turn on, yeah, you can turn on no bail and, like, perfect balance, so I just turned that on to kind of chill out and... To veg out? Yeah, and, like, do perfect runs in Tony Hawk so that I feel accomplished and I can still play video games. Cause like I'm good at video yeah. games. <laughs> I mean, be, be, like between that, like Corey and I started the Static Zone podcast. Mega Visions has its reboot issue coming out, hopefully in two weeks, and I'm prepping for the Dreamcast 24 hour marathon. So I have too much shit going on to do much else. Yes. That's a good thing, though. Yeah, it's a good thing to it be. Is, busy. It can be, can be. Sorry, I kind of went on again, went on a tangent, but uh, music. No, it's okay. That's just right now. Megavisions is giving me fucking PTSD at the moment. Yeah. I just submitted my Sega, my Sega Studios Australia piece. I have only been working on that thing for about a month, and it feels like I've been working on it for an entire fucking year. <laughs> yeah, when you do your all yeah, the, the research, the research, the information, the trying to reach out to people, the the. I, oh, I have to translate everything through Google to know what you're saying. Okay, mm-hmm. that's. Fine. That sounds great. It's It'll great. be good though. It's I it's it's uh it's laying it. some groundwork for future ideas that we have. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. And I can't wait to do it all over again for issue three. Or two. Or whatever. Two? Three? I don't know. This one's for issue two. Thirteen? Uh, a fourteen? <laughs> before yeah. we before we start spoiling what's in the first issue, this I'll just say that this one's for issue two. Right on. That's kind of yep. basic. Oh, I did. I I put on the docket, but it's I got new glasses. But it's exciting because I can see, uh, and they're those <laughs> cool blue reflective things. So you know you can actually see Welcome my to the club. beautiful baby blues, baby. There it is. Hey. I realize they're bigger than All what right. I used to have, and I'm getting shit for that. But I don't care because I can see. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened when I finally, like, mine broke and I got new upgraded, uh, like, I mean, you get your prescription changes every year, and I actually got to go get my eyes checked again, and, uh, but no, I, I understand it. You're like, I'm excited about this, but no one's really going to care. Like, <laughs> well, the, I, mine were so fucking scratched because I would, I would clean them constantly, and I think I would, uh, be a little too harsh with the, um, cleaner. And so they scratched yeah. the shit. And so when I was picking them up and the guy's like, all right, try them on. You want to look out the window? And I looked out the window and it was like tunnel vision combined with a sort of fisheye thing. I was like, oh, wow. So you start crying. Well, I, like, oh, I'm walking God. in my car and I'm thinking like, should I drive with these on? But I was fine. So yeah. it was it just takes some adjusting. Yeah. So. Uh, cool. That's I my life. Into my week. Do it. I'll, I'll, I'll round mine out real quick so we can go on break. Uh, Scotty, you didn't talk about it, but we played Quake. We played that Quake uh, remaster or the update uh, on Thursday Night Throwdown, and I wish we would have played multiplayer more than we played story mode. That's all I can say. (laughs) Yeah, it's not aged (laughs) well. Because we played about an hour and a half of the story mode, and we're like, okay, we got it. It's it's okay. And then we were like, all right, let's do like 30 minutes online. And that's when, because the guy in the the room we were in, he's like, you guys want anti-gravity on? And we were like, yes. So yeah, we well, we started the room with that, and it was a lot of fun. And then the next round didn't have it, and he typed that, and I just replied real quick, "Yes, please." <laughs> yeah. So the game's still fucking fun as shit. Yeah. It holds up. 
it's going to be a lot funner if we can get more people. It was just me and Scotty playing, but if we can get like a room of eight people from Mega Visions or Scrubverse, oh, uh, I th- yeah. think that would be really cool. Actually, can I add to that? Because I had an experience. I forgot I did play Quake outside of our stream. Sure. Um, Go ahead. Because I was... Uh, we we did that, my week. We did that on PC, and we did, you know, mouse and keyboard. And it was fun because it also made me remember like, oh, shit, this is the genre. This is the era where I could actually hold my own in first-person shooters. That... That will never happen yeah. in modern day games. I, I think maybe for <laughs> any of us. I don't want to speak for everybody, but you know. Um, but I'll, I'll agree with it. But so, like, I was like, all right, you know what? Ten bucks. I'll get this on PS4 because I'm just sitting in the living room and I was like, I don't want to move. I've played a lot of Tony Hawk. Let me play Quake again. This was Friday, so I still had the bug, and I booted up. And I'm playing single player. They have the 64 version, which is bad, and they did not modernize that because it's goddamn pea soup on that thing. Um, even with the smoothing on, it's not good. Uh, but I played online and I'm like, holy shit, this, I'm getting my ass handed to me. So I realized I could change the settings to, um, not be crossplay. I, and when I was looking at the, the scoreboard, I was, my icon had the PlayStation next to it and every other one was something other than PlayStation. (laughs) So I'm like, let's switch over to controller only. And this was after I was going like through a bunch of different lobbies, didn't want to play with people at arguably yeah. an advantage against me. And then I load up, I switch it over to controller only. One lobby shows up with two other people playing. <laughs> <laughs> and I did okay. I was I was holding so my own in that one. People. Yeah. So that's awesome. I love it. Uh but no, it's still fun as hell. Like Scotty said, it's cross play uh it, it's only ten bucks. Uh, it's, and the multiplayer is fun. Rooms are up to like eight people. You can do like, it's perfect for Thursday night throwdown because you can make uh, private rooms. Yep. Uh, the only thing I would say is I would like the rooms to be a little bit bigger, but that's fine. We you didn't make like our own room. So I don't bigger that we can have like more than, capacity. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Max capacity. Uh, but no, it's fun. It's worth 10 bucks. I oh, never yeah. played a uh, quake game before. And I was like, this is just like, it's like doom, but it's like horror fantasy instead of like, space like demonic like demonic space stuff and i was like i can fuck with this this is fun i like it it's faster than so, doom the first ones yes yeah. it definitely is so uh but no that's good it's it's good and it's fun and you should go buy it uh this is also my first week without streaming uh except for the stream you just talked mega, about yeah except for <laughs> mega visions and of course this podcast but like my personal stuff i'm not streaming because i'm working on the youtube stuff and uh it feels weird but it feels like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. And I think uh, if streaming gets you to that point where you're like, man, this just feels like I feel heavy, you need to back off. Like, that's what you need to do. Uh, but no, if it's good. I got a lot more free time to do shit, but I've got more free time, but that free time's already been filled up. Like, I'm still, like, doing shit nonstop. So it's fun. Uh, we have, I believe everyone here has, we've learned some do's and don'ts when it comes to recording videos for YouTube. Uh, <laughs> Scotty and I did a little bit better, uh, but Chris and I, we had a slew of just issues going on. We've learned from it. It wasn't great. No, but it, we, we looked at it with a silver lining, uh, where Chris was able to get some footage for his video. Uh, we learned how some things need to be turned off audio wise and how things need to be routed and all that stuff. So it's fine. We're going to hold off on doing the Katana zero playthrough though. We're, uh, we're a little burnout on it because of that situation. 
You get more than halfway through and it's just like, oh, I can't use any of it. And we had all that fucking banter. We had a lot of good banter. The only the only problem was like, so here's we'll go through the list. We'll go through the list. Chris was playing because Chris wanted to play this one, which is fine. And so we set everything up in OBS and all that. But what happened was for some reason, an hour in the game audio just died. The footage was fine, but the game audio gone. No problem. Like, I could work with that. I can overlay, like, the game music for the level. It's going to be a little bit harder. You won't have the sound effects and all that. It's usable. It's fine. Uh, as I was talking about before, there was a little bit of a tapping in my recording because I had my uh, my my mic interface too close to my Wi-Fi router. That's still fine. I still could have worked with that. But then... Chris had his TV volume on, and I'm like, no, nope, can't work with this one. Every time Chris talks, I hear the game, so <laughs> can't do that one. So I was like, fuck it. We're going to we'll, – we'll do it live, and we're going to do it – we're going to start fresh with Ledger and Dragoon. So we're still doing Ledger and Dragoon. We're still doing Donkey Kong Country 2 with Scotty. and uh, But with Eddie has suggested that we maybe start doing some beat-em-ups, and I really like that idea. So we're still going to be doing the three three series at a time. Uh, Chris and I will be doing the longer RPGs and shit like that. And then Scotty and Eddie and I will be doing whatever the fuck we want to, uh, videos are only going to be Monday through Friday. We're going to take the weekend off right now. If we start getting more traction and we want, people are like, we want more episodes. Like then we'll start doing it on the weekend and shit too. But the point of bringing all this up is I'm going to announce that the first Monday in October, which I believe is going to be October 4th is when we're I'm shooting to have the upload start. That way it gives us at least a good month to get some backlog going, and that way it's going to work with our recording schedules as well. So for anyone that was asking, I had a couple people asking me, like, when are the YouTube videos coming out? So there's your answer on that one. Corey has a habit of announcing things way further ahead of time than he should, so. No. Yes, you do. Called- <laughs> It's called, first of all, sir, you don't know how to hype shit. Uh. So, uh, Chris, I mean, Chris knows I'm a hype man. That's what it is. Yes, that's the best way to put it. That's you what it is. Shoutcasting. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry I'm excited about things. I can't you hold it be. In. Don't tell me it's a secret. It's cool to not so. care, so shut up. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not cool to not care, you fucking cynic. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> be happy uh. and proudful of the things that you're a part of. Proudful? That's all I'm saying. Not prideful. Proudful. That's a new word. Proudful. Yeah. Proudful. proudful. The proudful, proudful boys. Really proudful. That's the new podcast. You gotta, you gotta go. be able to go hard no. and <laughs> keep up keep up that level of Sanima. The st- yeah, Stanima. Sure. <laughs> anyway. Uh let's see. Yep. And then the last thing I really had I didn't have a lot going. I mean, I did a catering event. I worked a wedding. I made a hundred bucks. Nothing special. All I can say is I am ashamed. As a white man, well, let me just say, as a white person, I'm just ashamed to see white people dance. Like, that's just what it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's gross. Dude, yeah. Like, I stu- I walked out of the kitchen, and they were playing, of course, cha-cha slide at this wedding. I was Ugh. like, that was, mm. I knew that was coming. All the hits. And I just looked, and I leaned over to my professor. I said, look at all these honkies. And he just busted out laughing and had to go back to the kitchen. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, but no, that was fun. Get more into that. Uh, I don't want to make any, not this, I got some stuff going on with that. I'll talk to you guys with it about it off the podcast and all that. 
And uh, last thing I got, I was able to pick up a copy, complete in box of a Rockman X on Mercari. Uh, That's X2. X2, sorry, yeah, Rockman X2. And uh, uh, this game's about $43 complete. I got it for about $38, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But it's hard. You don't see complete in boxes of Rockman games very frequently on Mercari. So whenever they pop up for a good price, because... The retro market is insane right now with Japanese prices and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, clarifying, this is the the Japanese version, just in case the rock band didn't Yeah, it's like a Super wanted. Famicom version. Uh, like I said, this goes for about 43 on price charting. There's some people that are like, $180! I'm like, that's the price Yo, of the North American. on a dick. Yeah, and uh, but the problem is, and this go actually is going to go into one of our stories later, the problem is people just aren't doing enough research on it and they're snap buying or something like that. Or they're inflating the market and all that shit. So, but fuck it. That's all I really did this week. Other than that, other than driving to Taco Bell. So actually, I'm no, I'm sorry. I have to tell this story. Oh my God. So our Taco Bell is only open from 11 to 8 right now due to staffing problems with COVID and everything. Uh, so every night for the last two nights uh hallie and i have just looked at each other we're like we want taco bell and we had to drive 30 minutes to the closest taco bell that was open <laughs> and let me tell you what this is the best tasted fucking taco bell i've had in a long time <laughs> when you gotta drive 30 minutes for it and you're feeling really good is all i'm gonna say that taco bell hits on a different level so 30 minutes is not but, a big drive for you your nearest neighbor is like two miles away no, well, it is a straight shot. It's just like on a, like a little highway, and that's it. But every time, like Hallie said on the way back home, she just goes, we are so fat. Like, <laughs> and I was just like, and then on the way to it the next night, she goes, why are we doing this again? Like, <laughs> I'm like, we're committed now. I put the order in on the app. They know we're showing up in 25 minutes. So, <laughs> but uh, all I got to say is put potatoes on your burritos i think i like yes. the potatoes more yes. than the nacho fries oh the potatoes i must have, have a little misunderstood bit of a your question when you sent that to me i thought you were asking for the side oh well whatever no no, no. you can when you go into the app you can add whatever the fuck you want on your burrito and yeah. for 50 cents you could add either potatoes or nacho fries gotcha gotcha so, our app does not and work i can't well confirm taco bell near us they're fucking well, Never you mind. went a little Karen. On yeah, one. you saw yeah, that. So. Yeah, you proofread my fucking Karen reply on one of their surveys, so we don't need to get into that right I now. I did. I did. Uh, but no, uh, it's good. And the I think Zombie Hunter had told me, like, you should try the flatbread tacos. They're good, but if you're trying to watch, like, your intake on, like, calories and stuff, flour tortillas are one of the worst things. Because people are like, they're just flour tortillas. I'm like, that's 200 calories a tortilla. Like, Yeah, it's like a, unless, it's basically a bagel. <laughs> Basically, I mean, we found some that are carb counters that are like 35 calories a piece, and they taste fine. They're good, but you can't be eating that many flatbread tacos. You're gonna die. Right. Mm. So, yep. Uh, I have to wait. I have to wait until the fucking marathon to have my next cheat day. Oh, it turned into it's a cheat day. <laughs> it was a cheat meal last week. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a cheat. No, weekend. It's a cheat weekend now. But it's it's gonna be hard being there, surrounded by y'alls and everything that you guys decide to eat. I'm gonna try to do my best. That's all I can do. The cheat day has to be the day of the marathon, right? 
I mean, the cheat day can be anything. I mean, the easiest take would be cheat day. Because I want hoagies on that day. Oh, yeah. I thought I'm driving. Okay. I'll ask you during break. Let's. Shop talk. We're not going to that hoagie place. No, I'm talking about the one. That hoagie place is so good. I mean, we can. It's on the way to his place. I'll eat anywhere. I'm not you. I will eat anything. I'm on vacation. I've been in COVID lockdown for almost two years. Like I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation, motherfucker. I'm trying to make it to the ninth. That's all I'm trying to do. The marathon's the eleventh. Are you gonna die beforehand or something? No, I. I that's when my vacation starts. Oh, okay. The 9th. My boss is like, you better be able to cover it. I was like, I got enough PTO, fucker. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going. So, anyway, we're going to go on a quick break. We got to go to the bathroom, and we'll be back with the news. So, we'll see you guys in a bit. Okay, we're back. A dinosaur oh. story. You know we're going to have to watch that on Scru- or the Stag Zone podcast, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I am 100% cool, sure it's not aged well. I I almost guarantee you there are problematic parts in that movie. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me about the cool-ass uh, Cowboy Bebop that's going on right now. Hey, yeah. You guys ever heard of Cowboy Bebop? You know, three, nope. two, one, less sham. All right. Um, I'll cut your mic. <laughs> so, Cowboy Bebop... Uh, my favorite anime, uh, great entry anime, um, is it was announced a little bit ago that there was going to be a live action version of it. Um, Netflix recently released the first live action Cowboy Bebop pictures. It showed a group shot of Spike and Jet and Faye with Ayn on a little leash that Faye was holding. Um, no Ed in the picture, but I really don't think they would just not have Ed in the show. Um, but, uh, Spike is going to be played by John Cho, uh, most notably known for Harold and Kumar. Uh, he's been in the new Star Trek movies. Um, Mustafa Shakir is, uh, Jet Black, who was in Luke Cage. I didn't watch, I don't know if either of you guys watched that show at all, but he played, uh, Bushmaster. Um, I literally looked up I'm one. assuming that's an enemy. I think so. I looked up a, like a two minute video and it happened to be him just fucking wiping the floor with a couple of thugs. And I was like, okay, he can be jet. That's fine. Um, yeah, he's, he's <laughs> also in a show called the deuce on HBO. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, and then no idea. Uh, Daniela Pineda. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. She was in Jurassic world. She was one of the like hacker character or not hacker, but like a, a nerdy oh. dino fan. Um, yeah. I do not, I honestly, I looked up scenes. I do not remember. I thought you were going to tell me she was the, uh, the caretaker that got thrown into the water pit and died. No, <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Like as a big Jurassic Park fan, the Jurassic World movies, in my opinion, are pretty forgettable. So I don't even remember her scenes. World's fine. I do not like what it, we saw. The, what was the one after that one? I don't know. World Harder. The one where... No, it was basically the first half of the movie was just uh, the Lost World all over again. Yeah, the first world was the first movie all over again. And then the second half of that movie was a Resident Evil like horror movie in a mansion. Yeah. Because the dinosaur was smart. Yeah. Anyway, 
it was dumb. anyway she's gonna play <laughs> Faye, and she actually had she put out a reaction video on twitter because fans are just fucking going nuts like oh i watched that. you didn't get someone skinny enough you didn't blah 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 and she basically replied with yeah they looked far and wide and couldn't find someone with Faye's exact body type maybe because it doesn't exist um yeah and not a healthy she was way. like you know like six one triple or double d's with a z uh, with a two ways yeah. she goes it's just it's tough to find someone like that so they had to go with me so yeah 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 so with that video i was like okay she's gonna play the sassy femme fatale that's pretty cool um and i'm 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 glad that they modernized her outfit because if you tried to put someone in Faye's outfit now it's like all right you're a prostitute <laughs> I mean, <laughs> at some point that might have been Faye sometimes, but yeah, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. So. Well, she didn't fall into, I mean, that's one of the reasons I like Cowboy Bebop so much is she was not um, the helpless damsel of anime characters. Yeah, she was strong. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm excited for it. I I think it looks good. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see it in action. Um, I, it's, I, and I know it's biased, but. Uh, and, uh, Cowboy Bebop is my favorite anime because it's something you can just kind of put on and it's it has that slash it has that like break of believable deep stories to off the wall nonsense and and it has a, an amazing soundtrack um, oh yeah well actually uh, like four soundtracks <laughs> right um, so I, I'm excited for it because, uh, again, years ago, Michael Bay helped me realize that anything like this should be treated like a fan fiction, and I just need to take it at surface value, at face value. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. obviously, they're only doing 10 episodes. So oh, are they? Probably just yeah. hitting, like, they're not doing a lot. Because, I mean, there's a lot of Cowboy Bebop episodes that are good, but they're kind of filler when you think about the main storyline. They are. There's only, like, a certain few that are, like, and I think you could probably get that down to 10 episodes they're they're probably going to just do like the main storyline maybe i mean they um they also announced who's playing vicious and i forget his name i didn't even jot it down i watched a couple videos of him uh describing other stuff he's done and you can definitely see him kind of being a malicious asshole so i'm i'm down um that's good that's cool good yeah i'm excited for it uh we don't have a release date on the uh release is november 19th it says scheduled Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm so I think John Cho would be really good as Spike. I think he can do good. So we'll see how it it's goes. got. It's crazy. It's got a good, uh, good mix of a cast. I'm excited to see what they do with Ed because I've never cared about Ed, but I'm also kind of a. Fr- I don't. It, this is me just talking on my ass because I don't know what they've said about Ed's character. They could honestly probably just make Ed like the computer on the ship Bebop or something if they wanted to completely they half-ass could. it because Ed very rarely leaves the ship. Um, but I, I hope that it's somebody goofy and fun and I hope it's a good time overall. Yeah. I could totally see him doing that though. Just making it the, cause then, I mean, I actually think I have, I thought I might've saw something somewhere where they said that Ed wasn't going to be in it, but I don't know for a fact at all. So I, you know what? Uh, this is the most sensible thing you'll hear on the internet, probably from like 5% of the fan base. I'm okay if this isn't that great because I'll just go watch Cowboy Bebop, the anime. Yeah. Whoa, I've I've been needing to sit down and rewatch it again anyway. So I I actually met uh, Stan, uh, not Stan, uh, Steve Bloom, 
and I met Wendy Lee at Anime BluesCon number two. Uh, awesome people. Like, they were so freaking nice. And uh, I got him to sign. I think I got both of them to sign my copy of the movie. So uh, I think I still have that. But what was really cool was uh, Foxmag that you, you know, we've played games with him and all. He's in the Discord and all that. He actually drew a picture of Spike Spiegel and it looked really, really good. And even Steve Bloom was like, this is awesome. Do you, he goes like, he's, my friend was like, I want you to sign it. He goes, I don't want to sign it. This is too good. He goes, no, 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 it's fine. So he put like, see a space cowboy on it and all that stuff. So Steve Bloom's a legitimately cool dude. Yeah. So. But no, that's awesome. He's very down yeah. to earth. Very. And then cool. Wendy Lee was just as nice too. So she was awesome too. I think don't they do don't they do that... commentaries on episodes or something? I feel like I've heard them talk about stuff somewhere. I don't know if it's on the anime. More than likely, that seems like something Steve would definitely. It's do, it, so. like Cowboy Bebop is one of those rare animes where people will prefer the English dub over the Japanese. So. Oh yeah, what what's awesome is uh, Steve Bloom has his only the tattoo that he has on his arm is the audio f- like readout of CU Space Cowboy. Like that's really cool. So what like mean the audio readout. What, which, so like in Audacity, like when you talk. Oh, that audio the wavelength. Readout, okay. The wavelength. That's what it is, and it's a, it's the CU Space Cowboy. So that's pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. Now I just need to rewatch it. I need to rewatch that, and I don't. I don't remember the movie. I don't know if I've ever actually seen the movie. It's all the okay. Way it involves the Eiffel Tower. If that tells you anything, cool. <laughs> it could have been any other tower. <laughs> all right, <laughs> but uh, I'm excited for this. I'm taking it just like Scotty is. I'm not going to be over cynical about it. I'm going to see what we can do. Uh, like you said, I have Cowboy Bebop. It's really crazy to think about because it's like Cowboy Bebop is a sci-fi in space getting into crazy stuff. There's a dog that's a computer, but he's not, but he's a dog. And it's like, let's make this live action so we can arguably do less with it. Meanwhile, a week ago, we got the Star Wars anime where it's like, holy shit, this makes sense. The budget would be so much lower because you can draw fucking batshit insane Jedi crap going on that you can't make real people do, you know? So 100% there's never been a better time to get an anime right now. Watch this anime. That's almost as old as us. So (laughs) (laughs) what did, uh, when did it release in Japan? What? Cowboy Cowboy Bebop? Bebop? Yeah. The anime Cowboy Bebop 92 or something. I don't know. Nineties released. Uh, in America, first episode date was April 3rd, 1998. Whoops. So I wonder if that was in the states. Man, or that, that late? Japan? No, that was Japan. Uh, the manga was uh, the manga started in '97 uh, and ended in '98. So that would put the uh, the anime broadcast a year after that, from October from no, from April 3rd to June 26th. The manga's cool. Hmm. I only have one volume of it, but I need to get more. If anybody, if anybody sees them, grab them for me. IMDb gives it an 8.9. Okay, whatever. Fuck them. Like, <laughs> go fuck yourself. I mean, compare that to all the other anime that's on IMDb, though. On IMDb? Yeah, I guess you're right. Fuck them. Fav- favorite right. episode, Mushroom Hunting. What about you guys? Go. It's always Toys in the Attic is the one I always catch. It's not my that's favorite. That's just because you like Alien. To- it's Alien. Well, no. Le- legitimately, every time... 
whenever I would be like, oh, I'll watch Cowboy Bebop tonight. You know, I'm not doing anything like when, growing up. It was always Toys in the Attic. It would always be Toys in the Attic. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, is there, there's more episodes than this, right? Yeah. So, I mean, and it is like Alien. So and it's just a stupid premise. He left a lobster in the refrigerator too long and it mutated. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Literally what it That's is. That's all you need. So meanwhile, we have other episodes where someone was stuck in time cryo sleep for 800 years and they have to figure out their yeah. family and yeah can we talk about that for the first episode of cowboy bebop is pretty baller like it's just yeah really cool. uh, it really set the stage for everything i don't even remember with, holy shit it's the one with the red eye the guy that has that's oh or, like, jesus the red eye. yeah it gets unnecessarily intense and <laughs> like i mean there's people die in that one like you're just like, oh, this chick might be play like a main character. Nope, no, she's not. Yeah. She's not at all. So <laughs> we don't even see Faye until uh, episode two, and we don't even see Ed and Ian until, or we don't see Ed until much later. Yeah, my my favorite so. song on the whole soundtrack, not just because of the name, but it's just good driving music. Is "Bad Dog No Biscuit." Yes. Pretty great. Very very. Pretty good. great. <laughs> uh, I mean, my favorite songs from Cowboy Bebop are obviously "Tank," which is the opening song. Yeah. Uh, Real Folk Blues is really good. Uh, I really, really like Spokey Doki. Spokey Doki is not just bad. a really That's a good, good chill thing. I just love really... I love when a harmonica is used well. And that song is definitely used well. And then my favorite is Live in Baghdad. Right. It's just an awesome song. I love that song. Um, uh, lost my train of thought entirely. Fuck. All right, well fuck you we're moving on that's <laughs> fine it'll come back maybe no chris i believe chris you're you're gonna watch this um i probably i will but i probably won't watch it at launch i don't have any like strong feelings about this one um it's cool but i usually steer away from live action at live action adaptations yeah mm-hmm. um so i'm gonna wait for you guys to tell me how you're you gonna like live it. vicariously through us. hey exactly. you've mentioned it enough previously have you seen the live action GTO movie? Oh, it's fucking I need good. To see it. <laughs> Dude, that's I heard it's so amazing. Yeah. Like I heard it's like super fucking good. No. I I will um that's the only live action anime movie I own, but like this was this was as soon as I saw it, the next the it, next I day I bought it. It uh man, it's fun. It's just a good fun goofy anime movie. I need to check out GTO. I've not seen any of the actual series, but like this, the uh, man, I'm gonna sound real cool. The anime club that I was part of my freshman year of college, we watched GTO, <laughs> and that's why I bought it. They, there was no introduction wow. to the show or anything. They're just like movie day. Here's this. So I can honestly say I've never been in an anime club. I don't think I've ever been in one of those. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. <laughs> I've I've tried joining one of those. They um, wouldn't let you. <laughs> it's no, no, no. They let me in. They let me in. Uh, I spent one day in the anime club, and after that, I was just like, nope, this is, like, I, I like anime. I'm not into, like, the crazy shit that I saw them fucking, like, put on <laughs> in the theater. Like, they rented out the theater. Oh, yes. Like, the on-site theater. Cool. Uh, so it was, like, it was it was cool. Like, I thought the premise was cool. And they watched Kino's Journey, which I like Kino's Journey. I think it's a legitimately good anime. Um but they put on like fucking Battle Angel. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no. It wasn't Alita. It was like some other like weird nonsense. The premise is is that this dude 
in the future creates a serum that turns all women into lollies and little girls and this angel comes oh, down from okay. heaven and just has to continuously kill this person over and over and over again oh, that sounds to dumb. prevent him for it's stupid it's fucking stupid and what's worse than that is the opening theme song i'm not going to tell you like what it sounds like but it's like cat claws on fucking chalkboard <laughs> It is the I found worst. the song that's ending this episode. Oh God! <laughs> I thought you were don't do the way you were describing it for a second. I thought you were going to say um, "Battle Athletes," which is like one of the first VHS tapes I bought of anime, and I remember it was okay. But I was like, you know what? Was this okay, or was I just a dumb teenager getting into anime? So I tried to find it recently. I don't. I they either didn't get a DVD release or got a super limited DVD release because it's fucking expensive, and I'm just like, fuck. Well, so much for me just wanted to, like, Don't watch get... an old anime. It's yeah. overpriced and dumb as hell now. You could probably find it online somewhere. Probably. I didn't I didn't look too far because I was just immediately uh, disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> disappointed and sickened. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. I did go uh, back and try to watch High School of the Dead recently because I love that fucking opening theme song. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know what? When I watched this last, I was single and... Boy, I remember it yeah. better back then than I do now. And like Rachel and I, yeah, Rachel and I were watching it, and I'm just like, I don't know. The, hey, we're borrowing this from a friend. At least I don't own this, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I have. I need to rewatch it too. I, I haven't watched it in a long time, so I had some great All fight right, scenes. Moving on, but yes. Otherwise, fan service. Moving on, we have got some pretty big. I also, I I totally called this. I'm not saying I was the first one to call this, but when we were talking about the, because uh, we we've been reporting on like the what was it the 1.5 million dollar uh, copy of Super Mario 64 that sold, uh, the million dollar or two million dollar copy of uh, Super Mario Bros. We've been reporting on all this, and even back then I was like, uh, and I think Chris and Eddie you might have agreed with me too, where it's just like this sounds like it's something's fishy. It sounds like somebody might be helping some people they know line their pockets. Well, we got a little bit of an update on that because there's some accusations of foul play surface around the record-breaking graded NES game auctions. Uh, there's a YouTuber by the name of Carl Jopst. I'm gonna, I don't know if I said it right. Oh, I thought it was like Jost, video. but I don't know. Nah, you can go check it out. I think Chris is going to put it in. Somebody's going to put it in the chat. Yeah, uh, I got you. But it's about an hour-long video, and I'm not going to go into all the details of the video because I wouldn't be able to do the video justice because the video is so fucking well put together with how it breaks down the information on basically setting up where we're at right now in the vintage-graded video game world. Uh, Basically, it boils down to some key players, uh, some companies uh, by the name of Heritage Auctions, uh, WADA Games, and... uh, I thought, what what else is in there? It's just like the CEOs and the directors of these companies and stuff. Basically, Wada Games is a video grading company, but it's not a very old grading company. It's only like what, like much, like maybe five years old or something like that. Maybe that might be too much giving it. Barely, no, yeah. not even. And but anyway, they're newer, and then like. It's weird for uh, a video grading company that's that new to start working like on grading all of these big, huge auctions that went by when there was already 
a fucking video grading company that had been around for like what 10 or 12 years vga vga has been around since 2011 and it it just it's all a lot really fishy everything in the video is obviously right now allegations nothing has been confirmed or anything like that but there's a lot of really strong evidence in this showing like they go into like explaining how like financial or collectible bubbles work and stuff like that and how we're definitely in a bubble that's about to burst and they talk about the 1980s coin short or the coin bubble that bursted and all that shit too it's a very very good video so yeah well basically one I mean, it boils down to there's some big wigs up there just lying in their own pockets, and this is not the. F- Am I back? Okay. Now you are. When that happens, don't yell that. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, I asked you a question, and then I interrupted you, and you stopped talking, and then it froze. So I thought oh. you were waiting for me oh, to reply. Okay. What was your question? No, I was going to comment on what you were saying. So, but you're still describing the video. Oh, uh, but yeah. Anyway, it's just it wasn't the crazy thing is like I said too. This isn't even the first time that key players that are being named in this situation have done this like back in the 80s when the coin shortage these people's names were going around too it's basically people are buying graded game or not people but these big wigs are buying graded games letting them sit on their shelves for a little bit and then they'll just go in there and be like oh i'm gonna list this at like 600 the times the amount it's actually worth and then i'm just gonna buy it so basically, I'm buying it from myself, and then I'm going to put the game back on the shelf for a couple months or a couple years. And basically, they're manipulating the market when they do that. And yes. with all these recent auctions, it's also games that are completely readily available. Like, there are many copies of Legend of Zelda. There's many copies of, like, there's so many copies of Mario and Super Mario 3 and all this other stuff. But it's just these certain people are like even it's even for the one that sold for two million dollars uh there were three people that bought it and it's just i don't know bought well, it, I, I gotta quote go unquote back and look bought it i i can i i can elaborate a little yeah bit. i can't so too gentlemen yeah, that that you're talking about you're you're referring to jim happerlin who is uh one of the founders of heritage auctions heritage auctions just does collectibles they do auctions on collectibles and this is also the same individual that Corey was referencing where he was talking about the uh the coin fiasco that happened in the 80s when a lot of people were like buying and selling trading coins and they were influenced uh influencing the price on it and the entire scheme was uh that's happening with video games is that you have a product and you set a price and the entire idea is that you send it to this company wada games and it comes back to you with a grading it's got two different gradings it's got the number grading and it's got the letter grading and their perfect grading uh, on their record is a 9.8 mint condition a plus plus rating you can't get anything higher than that and at that point, it was just like, this is like the most pristine that it can get. And the problem is, is that what they'll do is that last year they put it up for auction and it got quote unquote sold for $35,000. The thing is, is that Heritage Auctions has a very strict, Heritage Auctions and Wada Games has a very strict um, guideline that they do not disclose who is buying and selling anything on their website. And what is happening is that they are, one, putting in false bidders in their auctions so that they that that fake bidder 
can influence the price during the auction while it's taking place so that the victim gets stuck with a higher price tag. Um, the second thing is, is that the, the buyer in this case is Jim Happerlin is buying his own game at a higher value. So yep. there's a game that goes up last time it went up for 35,000. Oh, wow. This time it went up for 60. The next time it goes up, Oh, it went up for $150,000. And so they're just cycling through these games. And what the really nefarious part about all of this is that in the SEC paperwork when they established the corporation all of the same people the people that work at heritage uh auctions the people who work at wada games people that work and own nintendo age nintendo age was the uh was a website that was like the premier website when it came to knowledge about what the game value is worth this is what this is the condition and giving it pictures and giving it numbers to to correlate to you know condition of the the plastic the sticker how does the the prongs work like i i used to go on nintendo age so i can validate whether or not we're getting actual roms or if we're getting stuck with eproms when i was working at uh, game giant like there was a lot of data and ever since one of the people that they were involved in, not necessarily Heritage Foundation and Wada Games, but another individual who bought out Nintendo Age is now also a director for Wada Games. Mm -hmm. And so over the course of the last two or three years, Heritage Foundation, not Heritage Foundation, Heritage Auctions and Wada Games have been pressuring um, people in the media, namely Pawn Stars, that whenever something comes up about video games and whether they need something priced, they're not they're no longer going to like the YouTube personalities. Cause I think there's definitely a time that Pat the, Pat the NES Punk was on the show. I believe Metal Jesus was on the show. Now they're exclusively going to um I want to say that his name is David Hine from uh Wada Games. Hold on, I'll get it. And thank you. Uh, and like on his first episode, they brought in oh, a fucking copy. Either. Dennis Khan slapped copy. Dennis Khan, yeah. Thank you. A uh, 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 mint copy of Super Mario Brothers, and the dude just wanted a million dollars for it when it was slapped. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. No, absolutely fucking literally not. Like, one of not the most common games for the system. Well, before, says, before you like, get that, before you get that, keep in mind this is explicitly talking about slapped games. Right. So when you're, yes, it is a common game, but when you're talking about the difference between like a slabbed game, complete in box, compared to like any other game out there, this is not necessarily affecting us in the yeah. present. This is going to affect us later on down the road until it crashes. So the problem is, is that they are artificially raising the prices by holding these auctions, making it seem like there's there's more speculation with the the rise of these video games, like they did with coins, like they did with toys, like they did with comic books, like they did with collectible cards. And it's a racket. That's just the best way that I can put it. It's a racket because they're self-funneling the product and trying to make money off of it until some poor fucking sap buys into it. And they know that it's a business because now there's other people who are getting involved, which I wish I remember the names of. But they were just like, oh, this dentist is like uh, just magically goes and found all these fucking rare ass video games. He bought them all at a at a yard sale for a million dollars. He had investors help him out with yeah. that. And they were all already slabbed. And right. he admitted on a podcast that he was just like, 
yeah, I started seeing like these trends in all this stuff and like we wanted to make money. And what's funny is they're like, you know, this collector, he's an avid collector. I'm like, he hasn't he's only been collecting for like two years. No, 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 no. It wasn't even that. It was a couple of months. That's what it was. This fucking made me sick because it was like, oh, this dentist who like picked up two games that were slabbed and now worth these insane amounts of money. And like I don't it, just seeing him, seeing him in these videos, I was like, that dude hasn't played a goddamn round of Mario in his life. Like, us as collectors, Eric, we can fucking call it as we see it. Like, this, yeah, okay, so when he was going to dentistry school, he was just cool and grabbing his retro games here and there, huh? No, he's a fucking, he's got his hedge fund, like they said in the video, and it's just the, uh um, the big thing that's coming from this is the whole hype phase that we're experiencing right now with these news stories breaking that are these big game or not, uh, these. It just reinforces these companies. Yeah. The the issue is, is that we're now coming into a point where video games and these these very valuable slabbed video games, quote unquote, are now being used as like investment tools. So you can buy uh, a piece of ownership to these games up into its value and if it gets sold for more than the value of what it's allegedly worth you get a return on that or you can sell your share of said video game well you're essentially gambling on these fucking video games like a copy of legend of zelda slabs one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. yeah but the thing is you're not even paying for a it's not even like you're investing for a portion to be like oh I own this game. It's not even that. It's just strictly gambling. You're buying stocks to see if the price will go up. Right. That's what's insane. Right. That's so crazy. like if I put $60,000 onto a copy of Legend of Zelda that's valued at 115,000, you can't own more. Like, people collectively cannot own more than $150,000 of this game. And if it sells for, like, 2000 or 200000 I get my return on that after, like, fees and shit like that. Yeah. It, it's insane. Like, in the way that the the way that the auction house and the way that the, uh, the grading house makes money off of it. The auction house makes 25% of whatever the sale is. And the grading house makes an additional five. Like, it's... It's absolutely incredulous. Like, and again, all of this has been, it's all alleged, but it's very, very suspicious. And I could totally see some shit, like some investigations going on about this shit. Unless they got so much money, they're just paying shit off too. There's Sometimes it's better off when this is the same situation that happened with, uh, with fucking, what's his goddamn name? Just just had it in my head, lost it. The Jim Heinerman or whatever, the auction house dude, where in the eighties he got Jim pinged Haverland. for it. Thank you. And he just paid the fine. Because he made more money doing the crime right. that if yeah. he just paid the crime or paid the fine, it just went away. Yep. So Yeah, he was it, literally same shit. He was, same shit's going what to What Chris is saying is he was literally found guilty jim halperman was found guilty of illegally inflating coin prices in the 80s and he's doing that exact same thing again now with video games yep you just pay it off you make enough money that's it and what this is going to ha- what this is going to cause over time is that there's going to be those fucking scumfuck resellers yep that are going to see this and turn around and inflate the prices of these nes games and these super nintendo games especially the older ones because 
their time has essentially passed. Like we've yeah. talked about it before. There is a window where a certain game console is has Hot. a resurgence of relevance. And it usually happens when uh, that player base turns about 30 years old right now we're going to a hot phase where gamecube and ps2 and ps1 are really fucking hot They're, those games are very very expensive dreamcast you yeah and the nes games they peaked off and now they're starting to come back down this could be a situation where if they start regulating these video games like they do with art and comic books that those prices are going to go way back up and people yep. will stop buying. There's going to come to a point where people are going to stop buying them. The problem is, is that that's not going to be for a good while. Yeah, yeah that's, like a damn good while. The thing is, with the 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 way you got to see this um, to kind of put it into perspective is, people own art like big, big wig, rich assholes. Well, they're not all assholes, but like people own art, and they're it's assholes. a painting, it's a piece that you look at, and you don't do anything with. That's what these games are becoming. Like, they're going to sit on a shelf in these plastic containers and be like, yeah, I've got that Mario 64. I've got that Spider-Man on Atari. Like, things like that. So, and unfortunately, it's trickling down and affecting us who, heaven forbid, we want to buy and play a game. What the fuck is that? Um, and I know... We're nerds. Uh, yeah, I know that I know that uh, not all of us are a fan of him, but Metal Jesus has a video in reply to this which was literally because like people would not shut up asking him to comment on it. And he didn't care until, and he mentions this in his video, that he was at a garage sale, just kind of going around, you know, making the garage sale, yard sale uh, rounds and stuff. And he just asked the lady who was, who was running her garage sale, like, oh, do you have any other like video games? Uh, maybe that you haven't put out yet or whatever. And she's like, oh, I had, a, I had a box of them, but one guy bought them all up real quick. And he's like, oh okay oh well i guess i just missed him and she's like yeah i saw in the new york times that that mario sold for a couple million so i guess games are pretty hot and he was like oh shit i need to make a video about this because this just directly affected my life so it's just it's it's really crazy because it is it's trickling down here and there and you just got to keep an eye on on stuff you just gotta like i feel like we're kind of preaching to the choir because between the three of us and the people watching us right now we're smart. We're not going to be like, oh, like myself right now. Like I was playing the Dreamcast game Blue Stinger and it scratched and my game fucked up. And I'm like, all right, I've I've seen I bought this. The last time I bought this game, it was like 12 bucks. I'll go online. It's $40 now. And I'm like, this is not a good game. This is not worth $40. I don't have to play this. I'm going to wait. This bubble will eventually pop. I don't need to play this game right now. Like I've got everyone can yeah. see behind me i've got plenty i Emulate. can still play and yeah. but like the 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 stuff to take away from this video is one of the sources they had was uh i didn't write his name down i apologize but his um he works for a comic book collecting uh website and company and he said that his dad was what got him into this and he collected comic books and what he would literally do what Chris mentioned, but this kind of put it into perspective for me because a lot of factoids are getting thrown at you in this hour-long video and everything. And, like, his dad had this comic that he would put online for $1,000 up for auction. He'd bid on his own comic. He'd buy his own comic, obviously not listed as himself, keep that, 
That gets into the news. People are talking about it. He puts the comic away. A couple yeah. years later, he puts that same comic up for auction again, and people are like, oh, I saw this for thousands of dollars. It's got to be worth that. I'm going to buy it now. That's not us. That's not anyone watching this video, listening to this podcast. That's the fucking layman out there that are like, yeah. games are treasure troves now and stuff. So, yeah. unfortunately, that's who's, char- who's, who's selling the stuff that we want to buy, though. Yeah, for clarification, it wasn't that guy's dad. It was that guy's dad knew Jim Halperman. Halperin. Yeah. Oh. And Halperin was doing that. Oh, okay. Yeah, he only worked with so that makes uh, it even he worse. worked with Hermit Her- 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 Heritage for like a couple years and was exposed to that. Yeah, because he was a comic book. Uh, his dad. <laughs> this is comic book investments. Is the YouTube channel. Yeah. And his dad was, you know, he basically become a consultant. And uh, for that company and all that shit. So it's it's wild. It's it's absolutely insane. It sucks, like you said. Like, and Chris, I want to apologize. There's more NES uh, uh, Pat in here than uh, the NES Punk. Well, I forgive I you. Know you would have liked. I forgive you. But the thing is, you know, you can hate him and whatever, and it. But he's. It's he is. He can be seen as a jerk. It's whatever. But the thing is, he is passionate about the same thing we're passionate about, and he's not a complete idiot. He knows his shit. But he did mention in here, you know, like. It's it's just that it's a shame that it's happening to those that have helped this community grow with collecting retro stuff. Yeah. Right. Yes. So those, yeah, he, this video has actual like testimonials from like that. The it wasn't just like something he pulled from a podcast or something. It was like something that they recorded specifically for the video, right. which I thought was really cool too. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lots of really good information the, in there. The but yeah, I mean, thing I loved in it. this was the Tomb Raider game that they brought up, and it was because not only yep. c- uh, mainly because it was a Saturn game, and I'm like, oh shit, now we're doing this, and it's like yeah. A plus graded, but they show the breaks in the fucking plastic and like the battle damage essentially to this game. Like, Scratches, no, it yeah. is not worth literally what it says on that fucking plastic slab. You, it was a nine point eight A plus plus. It was the highest grading. Yeah. That's just you're just like what the fuck, because <laughs> I think it was a there so was be aware there was a uh, a couple months ago Graham and I were playing Panzer Dragoon Saga and I apologize but I forget who asked exactly like is this game worth the asking price and I was like you know what I'd say it's worth like a little bit more maybe than it sold when it was brand new so what was it fifty bucks brand new I'd say like yeah seventy oh was it I don't I I got it for Christmas so I honestly don't remember game. um. But, like, it's like, this is a JRPG, but it's a shorter one, but you, it has replay value. I would, I, you know, I'd say less than 100 bucks, but, you know, maybe pay above 60 or what it started at. That's a good asking price for a JRPG. That thing sells for 12, sells for $1,200 now. Uh, for listeners, that was me doing heavy air quotes. It sells for $1,200. <laughs> yes. It's, it's dumb. I, I hate to say it. Don't get if you're thinking about doing this. Don't jump into just this. wait. Wait. I just want to wait for the bu- bubble to burst because once the bur- bubble bursts, I'm buying so many fucking games that I thought I would here's, never be able to have. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. Like we have been talking about the bubble bursting since 2010. Like because I I've been doing this for like I've been like in the collecting scene since at least 2009. Like I got in right when the bubble was expanding. And we have been talking about the bubble bursting for years. It is really hard to to just sit there and be like, oh, this bu- any day now, any day now, this bubble's going to burst. 
And like I, I know that I'm like the the antagonist when it comes to that exchange, but it's just like I don't know, man. They they say it's like, oh, it's not sustainable. This may not be sustainable as far as slabbed games are concerned, but this is an imprint that's going to be left on the minds of people who don't know better. Right. Yep. Who who like like and it affects uh the 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 buying and selling of games going into your local game store. This affects like your mom and pop shops. Probably will affect some smaller retailers like East Starland or fucking Warp Zone. Uh, Warp Zone. Um, but it's once you put something in somebody's mind that it has a value, like a, a, a desirable value, it is really hard to come down from that shit. Like you need to have a crash, like the fucking beanie babies in order for that shit to come down. So what needs to happen is is... McDonald's starts need to put these in happy meals and then it'll die. Yeah. If well, only. also, too, WADA Games just blatantly is breaking their own rules for their employees because at WADA Games, they say that employees uh, yeah. of the company cannot uh, get their games graded or sell games that w- were graded by them or something like that. Basically, you if you work there, you can't get your shit graded there and you can't sell your games through WADA Games or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this big collection, what was it? The Carolina collection that the transaction that went down between the that guy goes, that... that goes into the whole talk about the, the Nintendo age yeah. guys. So yeah. somebody had bought out the Nintendo age, uh, website and he also bought out game value now. So, I mean, yep. like if you don't want to support this motherfucker, you got to close your account at game value yep. now. Um, yeah. but this guy bought those, those two websites, closed down, uh, Nintendo age, archived all the information for his own keeping, because that's what the, they are using over at Wada games, apparently. And he has his own specific collection where he called it the Carolina collection. That's what and, Wada games called it. Yeah. Well, that, well, the thing is, is that that goes back to what I was saying earlier. This guy is listed in the SEC, uh, paperwork when they established the company that he was a director for the company and he put his own he and his business partner put their own collection up for auction and it's now being circulated and the reason why it's a big deal is because once you put a special little name on a collectible the value just fucking skyrockets yep and it was so, something that was uh, newsworthy. It was a huge collection. Well, if they're the ones that are putting out the news and making it seem like, oh, this is a big fucking deal. We just sold this for yeah. $150,000, $1 million, $2,000,000. Yeah. The the journalist looks at this and they say, or I should say the, the 2-bit journalist looks at this and they say, oh, wow, that's a big number. I need to get hits from my website, so I'm going to go yeah. ahead and just fucking put this shit out there. And then you like you get the people who are in there, who like know, who are in the fucking scene, who are in the fucking culture, and they're just going like, "That ain't right. That's a red flag. <laughs> that ain't right at all. Why? Why?" And then you get videos like, "Why?" This. <laughs> it's it's insane. It's that's the thing is they're just blatantly breaking the rules, and no one's calling shit on it. Like, when you can manipulate and control the media outlet of something, you're just in complete control of everything. It's it's crazy. It's insane. So. Everyone do your homework and go watch uh, Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'll show you. 
What was that face for, Chris? Because I just saw on Amazon that they're selling Panzer Dragoon Saga for three thousand dollars. I have not. Amazon's the worst place to look for that stuff, though. They it is I, one of the worst places. But if I go on Game Value, it's also valued at eleven fifty six. Yeah, that's a little bit not closer, new. unfortunately. Um, but yeah, this shit's scummy. Uh, just remember that big wig. Like this shit happens all the time. Not even just in like the video game world. Like there are big wigs trying to pull the strings behind every aspect of the fucking world, basically. Look. And, you just got to try and educate yourself about you stuff. You got to work with each other. Everybody watching this, listening to this, we got to help each other. TJ's in the chat. He'll he'll tell you about a time where I just fucking gave him a copy that I owned of Killer7 on GameCube because my roommate had it too. So I was like, I'll play it through you because some idiot that was around TJ was like, I got a yellow Dreamcast VMU, but I'll give it to you for whatever dollars and that copy of Killer7. I was like, TJ... I'll give you my Killer 7. I know you need to do your Dreamcast thing. This guy's an <laughs> asshole. We have to watch out for each yeah. other. Fuck this guy. So. so, But yeah, just be smart about your shit. Just be so. smart. The problem right now is we're in what they call the awareness phase. So all everybody out there is only seeing, like, this is worth this much, and this trickles down. Just be smart and help each other. Yep. That's what you got to do. All right, Chris, this was a news story that got cut from last week's episode, but I figured it was something really cool to talk about. Uh, tell us about what is a Sage 2021? Yeah, so the Sonic Amateur Games Expo is a yearly uh, expo that they that they used to have in public, right? Uh, ever since the pandemic, they went to an online format, and it doesn't look like they're letting up. But what's really cool about Sage is that you get all these fucking weebs and geeks and fucking furries <laughs> come together, and they <laughs> show their love for their fan games, Sonic-based. Uh, I believe this is where Sonic Dreams got their their kickstart, their launch. Uh, but no, most notably, like my favorite thing to ever come out of this shit was Sonic SmackDown which is the Sonic the Hedgehog Marvel vs. Capcom Guilty Gear-inspired fighting game. Uh, and it's just all around a really good time because people are loading up their games. They're getting all these eyes on it. And it's not just like finished products. It's just like, hey, I've got this prototype. I've got this idea. I want people to take a look at it and tell me what's going on. Tell me tell me where I can fix things. Oh, Power uh, Bomber Man's in here too. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of things. Shit, it's not dude. just Sonic fan games. There's there's remasters or remakes of older Sonic titles. There's the fan games. There is original content and even mods. And I I picked out a few things that I think that are absolutely exceptional. Uh, okay. One Sonic before the sequel plus it is a remaster of the 2012 fan game with extra add-ons. It was originally created by um, I want to say it's like. Lake Feppard. I want to say that the dude's name is uh, uh, Lake, Lake Feppard because it's like an anagram or some shit like, like fake leopard. Uh, but not the point. Um, before the sequel is a really good quality 2D Sonic game. Uh, my favorite fan Sonic game that has ever come out is actually his sequel to this game called Sonic After the Sequel, which takes place between Sonic 2 and Sonic 3. This game here takes place between Sonic 1 and Sonic 2. Uh, updated graphics, updated music, uh, better control schemes. It's just all around. If you've never played this game, definitely go check it out. It's fucking tits. The second game <laughs> that tits. I thought was really cool 
is Sonic Battle Rematch, which is a Mugen-based platform that transforms the Arena Brawler into a 2D fighter with all the original sprites from the GBA game. Oh, so, gosh. <laughs> yeah, remember how, like, a couple months ago I had talked about, oh, shit, there's a under there could be an underground Sonic Battle League? Well, this is the closest thing that I'm going to get to see. Yeah. This, this character's is, name yeah. is Shattuck. What, what do you mean this character's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have some modded shit. It's, it's, it's a Shattuck. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's a thing. Uh, but no, okay. nonetheless, they converted the battle arena into 2D. It plays kind of similar to uh, Sonic Smackdown. It's not exactly like the same shit, but it's still like pretty cool. I liked it a lot. Uh, there's Sonic Riders X, which is a reimagining of Sonic Riders based on Unreal Engine 5. It's essentially the same game. It's got some, like, floaty controls, but that game didn't control all that well to begin with. Uh, so once you get used to it, it is absolutely fucking gorgeous. Like, if you could, like... The screenshots zero... look pretty fucking nice. The scr- there's a video of this, and it just, like, looks super high quality. It looks absolutely exceptional really fucking good um there's another um this is not necessarily like a remake but it is a mod to the emulation like if you you can run this shit on dolphin called sonic riders dx which is a mod to the iso of the gamecube version that offers remix tracks new hd text uh texture packs quality of life changes all items everything is unlocked from the get-go it's just you want to jump in, get in, and, and fucking race, fucking go for it. Super fucking dope. Uh, something that we covered on Mega Visions earlier was the Burning Ragers Tribute, an HD fan remake of the Saturn Classic using Unreal Engine 5. I do not believe that it's been fully completed, but they are still actively working on the project itself. And hopefully, because I haven't played Burning Rangers in English, I would love to, to see a full release of this game. Because Burning Rangers on the Saturn is almost $1,000. Yeah. It is super fucking expensive. Sure would like to play that someday and, uh, on a console. Yep, one day. One Never. day. I have, the, I have the Japanese version. I have to sit there with like an English translation book. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Google, help me. Uh, last, The last little bit that uh, I thought was pretty interesting was Outclass Hunter. Uh, it is a... Um, a 3D platformer using the engine that Sonic Robo Blast 2 was built Doom. on. Doom. Uh, Sonic Robo Blast oh, 2 was okay. built on Doom. And since then, there's been a lot of Sonic fan projects to come out of using this engine. It's been around for fucking ages. And now somebody is starting to make some original content on it. The character kind of reminded me of like Rocket Knight Adventures, which is why I was first. A little bit. Like, I could see that. Uh, pulled into it. Um, but it just it just seems like a, a really cute uh, 3D platformer. You got this this rogue like fox, and he's just jumping through areas, jumping. Through it's crazy because the so world I thought it was looks, pretty fucking. This cool. game has ray tracing. The yeah. the world looks better than the character sprite, so it's a it's a little jarring at first, but it does look cool. A little yeah, bit, yeah. I I think that it sounds is that looks fucking charming. Cool. I'm gonna yeah. download this and play this. Because not this website not only has like Sonic games and stuff like that. It has I saw like Zelda games and there's yeah, a bunch of other shit on it, there. It started like Sage started off like specifically Sonic games, but people just started like modding everything. 
and they'll do like oh remember that old like super saiyan or dragon ball z mario and sonic webcomic that used to be out there what if we made that into an rpg they did that shit one year is this where I can find the Charles Barkley RPG game? Shut up yes. and jam or something? I okay. think so. You probably can't find it. That was probably like a year or two ago. Gaiden. Yes. I need to talk to Connor. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Connor would know, too. Barkley, Gaiden, yeah. Magic Book. Yeah, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> That's fucking cool. This is awesome. Anyway, I like seeing new, Sage is uh, a good shit. time. Like, don't get me wrong. Those motherfuckers are weird. But... They make cool ass <laughs> shit, and sometimes you just gotta roll the punches. So sometimes you gotta deal with the furry. Hey, you, you know all do. those indie Everyone games that can't. One you know all those indie games that can't afford a, po- a booth at PAX. Well, they go to this. They go here. Okay, yeah. There's some ones that don't look great, but there's some other ones that do look great. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a completely mixed bag here. Like. There is legitimate garbage here, but like they just post up everything. And like I said, everything shown here is not just like, oh, this is a finished demo. It's like, hey, I've got an idea. I want someone to check it out. Right. There's a lot of Mega Man ones. Welcome yeah. to indie games, sir. Yep. I know. Guys, I'm coming back to stream. Great. So- <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking sweet. Awesome. That's a, uh, that's a, uh, that's. That's a one for us that we don't usually end on a good note. Like that's that's what I like to hear. So, the world's on fire. Otherwise, how about yours? That's the way I like it. It'll never get bored. Anyway, this is um, my Smash Mouth. Re-emotion. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> Somber's replacing Eddie. I will replace Corey. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, fuck y'all. <laughs> I'm gonna go make my own podcast. Uh, all right, Chris. If people have questions. What that should they do? What does what that should they do? Join the fucking Discord. Join the fucking Discord. Join the so, fucking Discord. Uh, my buttons aren't working on my stream deck, so someone That's put it fine. in the chat. It's fine. I got it. So, oh, you want me to to do the thing? I got the thing. Discord. No, I there just it is. Read the questions. <laughs> okay. Uh, question number one: TJ Kitsune, what is your favorite brand of shoes? Uh, Vans. My absolute favorite are Vans. I buy a new pair of Vans every year. They're not comfortable if you work in retail, so I do not recommend that you are on your feet longer than you need to be in Vans. Uh, I'll go next, I guess, unless you got something prep, Chris. Yes. Sure. I do. I want to hear <laughs> you first. Okay. Uh, I have fa- he read the I have, I have fat feet, so I have to get wide sizes. So in high school, uh, when I pretended to be a skater, I was all about them Etnies and Vans and Airwalks because uh, they're the just they're built. You're fucking wearing buses on your feet, and um, you look like Sonic, I guess. Uh, but they don't work well for retail at all because they're not made to be like stand and walk around in. They're made to protect your feet when you're on when you fucking bail. Um, yeah. And uh, but so learning that I somehow ended up in New Balance, and those are super comfortable. And most they of are. their sizes come in wide sizes. Um, I fucking hate shoe shopping because any shoe that looks cool, there is not a wide size of. So I gave up on that a while ago. And working in the office world recently, you had to have a uh, a black dress shoe or something, so I could get away with black New Balance shoes that were comfortable. Um, and because I hate shoe shopping and I have to find wide sizes and it's just a pain in the ass, I have bought the same pair of shoes for the past three years. 
<laughs> fuck it. You old fuck. Dude, skater <laughs> shoes are expensive, too. They are. You're not yeah. wrong. What is expensive to you? Oh, like 70 bucks a pair. Okay. 70 bucks. I I mean, Vans are like 55. Some of the special ones get up to like the 60, 70 dollar yeah, range. I don't like Airwalk those, was like almost off-brand skater shoes when I was buying them. But like the even my dress shoes I buy for like $25 at shoe department. Right. Yeah, yeah, you find the yeah, you find the outlet stores. There you go. Um but no, well, I mean, they're expensive, but also they are it's like buying your fucking knee pads, elbow pads, wrist pads or whatever because they are protecting your feet if you actually do skate. So I can kind of understand mm-hmm. the pricing, but they are expensive. So I've got three. Uh, one, and I'm going to do it based on phase. Uh, I still wear all of these things, but it's one. Um, so we had boots in the military, obviously. But there what? Are <laughs> there are different kinds of boots. And the premier, the best boot that you can go out there and get called danners these things hugged your fucking feet now i got i'm like scotty i got fat fucking feet but like these are like the high speed low drag boots like it's like spoilers layered and stitched and you can get them with like steel toe fucking like sandpaper overlay on these are shit kicker boots (laughs) and you got like vents on the side of the boot because when you're out in the fucking desert it's hot as shit and your feet get all like moist and sweaty and disgusting, and those vents prevent you from getting that shit. So, yo, Danners, Danners are some fire ass shit. Number two, okay. uh, Number my typical two. walking shoe. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Tim's. I love me some classic. Tim's. That's Tim's. Timberlands, Timberlands for the oh for the non sneakerheads yeah. out there. That's Timberlands for the non sneakerheads out there. Uh, no, that's that's like my dress shoe of choice. And I know that it's not much of a quote-unquote dress shoe, um, but if I'm going out somewhere nice, I'm going to probably wear my Timberlands. Uh, number three, graphic shoes from DC. Mm-hmm. Like Scotty was saying, those are the those are my go-to sneaker because I've got fat fucking feet. And I, I was never really much of a skater. I did not know the nuance behind why you buy these shoes. Uh, I thought they looked cool as shit. They were wide as shit, and they fit my feet when I walk around and go back and forth through work. So I never that's... had Heelys, and I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> the I always wanted Heelys. I actually, for a for a hot minute, um, I preferred skater shoes. This is so stupid for my for my drumming shoes because uh, the kick pedal, uh, you would get a little notch on the front of it so that your foot wouldn't actually go into the head of the bass drum. And skater mm-hmm. shoes are just flat all the way up to the toe, whereas like running shoes and yeah. stuff, the, to- the 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 toe goes up a little got bit. The curve. So like skater shoes were yep. perfect to stop uh, my foot from going into my the actual head of my bass drum. Fun yep. facts. All, I'm just fun. I'm just lazy and don't like tying my shoes, so I just oh I don't bands. tie my shoes. So. You can't, they're double knotted, and that's it. <laughs> I don't even like doing that. Fuck that. <laughs> I tuck the laces into the shoe and just walk. I've been seeing those things you can buy. Like the, they make any shoe. Uh, they turn any shoe into a, basically a slip on. Yeah. yeah. Where they're like, yeah, I need, I, I need to buy some of those. They're, but yeah, I don't, wear, I don't, I don't wear many shoes with laces. I either I'm, wear flip flops, I'll wear my slippers, or I'll wear my. I'm bands. so glad I never got into the sneaker game because it's fucking nuts. Um, 
It's oh, gross. the prices of some of them are Yeah, dumb. well, I mean, like, we talk about, like, pre-orders and garbage like that. Dude, you have to have, like, five different apps and, like, still be lined up at the store and all this insanity for... Oh, yeah, that's where all that shit started with the bots and all that. It started with sneakers before it even came to video yeah, games. Yeah, but the, uh, if... Um, if anybody is a fan of Jeff Goldblum, his show on Disney Plus, which is actually through National Geographic and all that nonsense, is actually pretty good. And the first episode is about the sneakerhead world. It's really interesting and it's it's fun. It's a fun show. But he watching him go to a shoe convention and and all this stuff that happens is uh, it's pretty interesting. Jeff Goldblum, yeah. yeah. All right, what we got next, Chris? Uh, follow up question: What's your go to comfort food? Cheeseburgers. Oh, okay. I didn't see this one. What the hell is that? <laughs> shoes. Uh, he's look, man. He's taking a book. He's taking a page out of your book. That's right? fine. So. Somebody's got to do it. Uh, my comfort food, I guess, would be. Um, I like shrimp pasta. I could always eat that. Comfort, yeah. Well, my thing is like fried chicken. Like I'll fuck up some fried chicken yeah. too. Cheeseburgers and fried chicken. You know the things you're not supposed to have. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Chris, what Russian dish are you going to oh, bring Jesus. up? <laughs> I was not actually going to bring up a Russian dish. Right now, my comfort food is some sopas. Sopas, so, so yep. sopa, sopas is a kind of like it's not quite a um, a tostada. Uh, it's it's a fucking a thicker tortilla, and I don't know mm. how it's made. Um, <laughs> I just I've know it's place, good. <laughs> I just know that it's good. Like I've had tostadas over at the place around the corner called Glorious, and I've had their sopas, and their sopas are just, like, fucking phenomenal. I haven't had a good sopapilla in a while. So, fucking, uh, the best way that I can put it is, like, if you know what the, the chalupa, the chalupa fucking yes. texture, that is, like, the equivalent, but sopas are just, like, a hundred times fucking better. Like don't, Yeah, because the I chalupa will, is fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, they're awful, absolutely god-awful. Uh, if I don't have Spanish food near me, it's either going to be, and this is all New York. It only counts for New York. Anywhere else, it just doesn't fucking there it matter. Goes. I don't care. Uh, pizza, fucking yep. bagels, yep. wings. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. I used to. Yep. I need to cook oh. wing. I need to cook wings for you sometime. When I was, uh, we have time. Oh my next God. weekend. In no, the vegetarian don't. house. <laughs> In yeah. the vegetarian house. <laughs> look, okay, look. Rachel says she likes hot stuff, and I got a recipe for mango habanero hot sauce. That's really fucking oh, we good. used to have we had a mango hot sauce um, when we went down to visit my dad. Uh, he's near a very touristy town, and there was just a store of hot sauces, and we're like, let's find the like most weird. So we were looking at, like all the fruit hot sauces and stuff, and we found a good a yeah. good mango yeah. one actually. Look, if I send you the list, you guys can pick up the ingredients, and I'll make the hot sauce. And you can make you can make tofu wings too. Like you can make. Oh those yeah, as well. that's I've what heard they're they not do bad. that on hot ones. They have a they have a tofu set or something else. Yeah, that they so use chicken. I don't mind cooking some wings and making some sauce. I don't mind making some sauce. I don't know if we need to get all into the wings and stuff, but the sauce is super easy to make and it's super right. cheap. So good. It's my favorite hot sauce. Right what's now. uh? I have a follow up. I could. I got a follow up question to this. What's a um? What's a comfort dessert when you're allowed to cheat? For me right now, with the heat of summer. I cannot get enough of the uh, chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwiches. Okay. So my go-to usually is like a brownie with vanilla ice cream. Okay. It's always just been like my cornerstone that I go to. At, like, you can't nice go restaurant. wrong. Birthday party. Can't go, along with a, can't go wrong with a classic. But however, there is a place across the street from me. They've got shit pizza 
in my opinion. They've got shit pizza. They've got decent Italian food, but they have gelatos over at this place across the street called Denise. Oh, my God. And it's like, I don't know if it's like made on site. It's probably not, but it's still a local place, and it is fucking delectable. There was a place down the street from where I lived in Memphis. Uh, It was before YOLO was a thing. It was called YOLO. And uh, it was you, you could get yogurt, which was in the pool. You get it yourself. I didn't fuck with the yogurt, uh, but you could get gelato, which was house made. Mm. And they had mascarpone and they had Irish car bomb. That was some of the best fucking gelato I'd ever have in my huh. life. That sounds fucking yeah. good. It's so good. I've got two. Uh, my go-to is a good apple pie with uh with uh, vanilla ice cream on top. I'll fuck up a good it's apple the, pie. That's the counterpart to mine. So. Yeah, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. A brownie with hot fudge and some ice cream on top is fucking good. Uh, but that is my de facto go-to one. Uh, I guess I'll say another one, too. My cake that I always go with is German chocolate. That's the one I get made for my birthday every year is German chocolate. It's really, really How, good. What's, exactly what makes same. it German? Yeah. I, it's just, the, I don't know. It's got coconut and, like, beer, uh, all this other stuff on it. Oktoberfest is in it. That's what it is, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. And then my recent one that I do, which is super easy to make, but it's very, very rich, is creme brulees. Mm. They're very, very – the custard's super easy to make. It's just like eggs and milk and sugar, and they're really good, and I can fuck them up, but they're not good for you at all. So, no. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're, you're just making me hungry, whoops. so let's move on. Question three, if you were given 100K to move anywhere in the world, wherever you go, I'm going back to Japan. Japan. I'm going I'm going to Japan. Yeah, <laughs> like, fuck this place. <laughs> they ain't no crime. People leave you alone. Video games are awesome. Arcades are there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anime titties. Yep. Like, okay, if it's not Japan, I'm probably going to South America. Like, I'm probably going to, like, Bolivia. I've heard Germany's really nice now. Kiki, Kiki's in Germany, and she's having a really good time down there. Germany, I've had uh, some uh, military buddies that were stationed over there, and uh, Germany looks fucking all around Christmas time. Germany is fucking goddamn beautiful. Well, I mean, they're probably staying in, like, Stuttgart at the Air Force Base. So, like, that place is just always fucking nice. Yeah. But, I mean, Europe just in general, because there's so many places. I've never been to Europe, and it's just like... I, I'm so tired of going crossing state lines. I want to stay cross country lines. I want to go to all these different other countries over in Europe. But Japan would be number one. Yep. So Ibukuni. Mm-hmm. I've never been, but I want to go. Hallie said if I took her to England, then she would let go to Japan with me. So <laughs> I go by myself. No, Fuck you. <laughs> I don't trust myself by myself. So. Uh. uh Next question, happy dude asks, with the talk in the Discord of how Chris's sole purpose is to rip tabletop games apart, what would be the one game that if you turned into a tabletop RPG, uh, would he go out of his way to be the DM's worst nightmare? When was it established that you rip tabletop games apart? I don't think it was on the podcast. This is a conversation that we had yesterday, I want to believe. Me, Connor, and happy dude were in a chat and a conversation came up where Connor and I were talking about character ideas and how I am a min-maxing piece of shit. And I go out of my way to just like, I'm going to find one aspect of this game and I'm just going to break it. And I'm going to break no, the game for okay. everybody. And I think that's where this conversation is coming from. Dude, I'll play anything. I, I, I don't care. I'll, I'll play fucking anything. Not everything can be broken. Like the, the, the Dark Souls 
tabletop game cannot be broken because it's randomized. It's not how the game works, but gotcha. I mean, yeah, I mean, it would be a Dark Souls or anything Baldur's Gate or anything like that. Like you would like you'd love to do things like that. I don't know. The the question's weird and just weirdly, oddly specific. It's very specific. And this is something that he would just like probably better off asking me directly or asking people who actually play tabletop games because I'm confident I'm the only one who does. That or Connor. Connor's big into them too. Yeah, like I already. Yeah. Uh, I, I the Resident Evil deck building game already exists, and that's pretty user friendly. That you don't have to have a background in tabletop or deck building to still enjoy it. So I'm kind of satisfied. What game? It's just the Resident Evil deck building game. Mm-hmm. Um, he, sh- I think he he showed us when we were there last time, like some of your expansions and stuff that you. Yeah, made. it's really straightforward and easy to get into, uh, or easy to. It's user friendly. Um, but I had a re- I put a reminder myself in this to mention the Doom board game because it is it is D and D, but it's four player and one person plays as the Demon Master or the Demon Hunt. Uh, what the hell? I forget what he's even called. Doom Slayer. Prob- no, no, no. There's three people that are the Doom guy. This is before 2016 and stuff. But um, right. and one person is Cyber Demon. That's it. Um, One person is the cyber demon, which is essentially the DM and the board that you have, just like doom, where if you would get a key or get a weapon or kill an enemy, other things populate, only the DM can see what's going to populate in the map. So your goal is to kill the other doom guys. Um, The game sucks if you're playing as the doom guys like we we my roommates and i we got it right when it came out years ago and so it might have been enhanced and like updated with add-ons and stuff to make it a little more fair but it like it no joke not just complaining because i suck at it it just wasn't even fun for the doom guys because we the the dm can see like like, we can see the hallways that are populating you have the different boards and stuff but it was just like okay the purpose of your role is to kill us not as an actual dm to like enhance and tell the story just kill us and so you have all this shit we don't know what we're doing we have to somehow split up the resources but like so if he was talking if happy dude was saying like what game would chris want that just fucks over the other people be the cyber demon in the doom tabletop (laughs) version that's that'll get you there so chris it would in monopoly chris would just fuck with everybody Mm -hmm. I like he would do hate monopoly he would do like bad trades just to fuck with people be like oh <laughs> like, just like hey uh tell me you like me and i'll give you this property like there hide you go. your money <laughs> one of my friends that we played yeah. monopoly with he would hide his actual money so that people would think he doesn't have that much money so they would never try to do mm-hmm. anything with them and then he'd come back and be like it's good tactic. i buy these ha- yeah it sucked playing with him <laughs> oh i was the banker so i stole from the bank all Great. the time so. all right well <laughs> reminder never to let you be the banker yeah. No, that or just do the digital version where everything everyone just has the pad that you update and all that right. stuff. I'll update the pad without you looking. Don't test me. Um, okay, <laughs> another question. With me being sick as a dog right now, my comfort game has been Pokemon Sword. What is your comfort game of choice while recovering from illness? This I swear to God, this question's been asked before. Uh, you've asked, you've asked your, so. you've been asked what's your comfort game, but not your like recovery game. I guess is what he's asking. I mean, comfort thing... game is recovery game. Mm, no, I wouldn't say that. Because I mean, uh, for me, okay. the only thing like comfort or for go recovery ahead. game for me, I go to the first Resident Evil because that's nostalgia for me. Since I play, I started played and beat that game when I was sick and home from school. So, 
I got the same story with Ocarina of Time. I st- I beat Ocarina of Time for the first time when I was home with some fucking form of scarlet fever that I had in like sixth grade. So it's called slap cheek disease. Apparently it's a fucking thing. And it's a mild form of scarlet fever. And I got it when I was in the sixth grade. And I just stayed home for like five days and I beat Ocarina of Time. So, but I don't like Ocarina of Time. So I guess I can't say that that's my comfort game. I don't know. Star Fox 64, like, or any right now comfort games that I play when I would be sick. I actually don't play games when I'm sick. Because usually when I'm sick, I'm fucking sick. And I don't want to do anything. I'm laid up in the bed or my body hurts and I can't sit at a computer or even look at a video game screen. Wow, so. it is literally called slap cheek disease. I told or you! Fifth <laughs> disease or erith- oh boy. erythema infectiosum. Your face has fever so bad that it looks like people have been slapping you in your face all day. Uh-huh. So that's Frostbite. So that's not that what that is at all. So... <laughs> All right. Did we all answer? Yep. Nope. What about Chris? I either masturbate or play Sudoku, so I don't know what to tell you. Great. Not with that new... No, it's Guilty Gear. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Not when I'm Which sick. The same thing. Right? No, no, I so I'll play Sudoku. That's what it is. Well, now he's got that phone. It's all full circle. We started talking about the phone in the beginning. Now we're coming back to the phone. I've been playing a shit ton of Magic Arena. I don't know why you don't like it. I think it's that game is just fine. It's not a good application. What was the last time you played it? I mean, I don't want to have this conversation because I'm just going to okay. bash the arena okay. the entire time. Okay. Because, I'm having fun with it. I because think Wizards it of the Coast doesn't give a shit about its actual player base and just push this online thing. So, it fuck you. I play modern. Just fu- I play historic. It's practically the same thing. I'll wheel <laughs> rip your fucking nipples off. When I see you there, I will rip your nipples off. It's exactly the same thing. What it are you talking not, about? It is not, and I'm going to put my foot <laughs> up your ass. <laughs> same concept, dude. I don't know why you're so upset. Yeah, well, that just all the formats are the same because the concept is to get everyone to zero. Yeah. So they're all just the it's same. The same th- standard's the same thing. It's the same fucking game. I don't even know what's in standard. It's right the now, same. Neither do I. It's the same <laughs> it's, game. I've been using my, my old, like, fucking, uh, what the, Sultai control deck. I've been doing fine. I just take everything on None your board. None of that's legal. It's <laughs> historic. Uh, whatever. Everything is legal. Come and talk historic. to me when you play an actual format. So. Yeah, I play historic. Do you <laughs> okay. to, oh, do you want to talk about commander? Let's talk about commander. Wait, I'm not a commander player. Why would I want to talk about commander? Because yeah, that's it's, it's another format. It's a real format. I have actual cards that go with that. I'm sure Scotty, what are you up to this week? I was on a podcast for a couple minutes there. Uh, this is <laughs> what do I do? Um, Mega Visions reboots happening, people. That magazine that I was just holding up for those that were watching us. Mega Visions is rebooting with issue number one. Number one. Number one. Uh, all three of us here have an article in it, so you should definitely check it out. We do. Yes, indeed. Some of us have two. Some of us got a couple. It's not Some me. of us just read it a lot. Make sure. I wrote one, and then I was done. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> we agreed. And so anyway... Oh, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, that's coming up. 
uh, hop on that Patreon or just keep an eye on the store because if you didn't hop on the Patreon in time, you're going to have to wait for your copy. Uh, but along with that, the Dreamcast 24-hour marathon is coming up on September 11th, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. These two psychopaths are going to be joining me and some friends and my beautiful girlfriend as we play Dreamcast for 24 hours and raise money for Extra Life. Can we get to $2,000? Can we maybe do some crazy stuff like bean boozled push up hot sauces i don't know will someone get trapped in my basement maybe i'll do it i'll do all of that shit chris uh scotty's been watching a lot of dan reichard and been watching a lot of like streamers and he's like we we could eat these beads and i'm like god damn it i don't want to eat these in my defense (laughs) i want the spicy beans not the stink beans i don't want the fucking stink we're gonna get vomit and rotten egg and we're gonna get i'm gonna get shitted on and i will throw up on your fucking living room (laughs) rug like don't test me rachel's the one that wants to eat hot shit yeah let's do that I know. I told you. I told you, Scotty, that him and Rachel would be on board to eat hot shit for the kids. For the kids, I'm, made, <laughs> I'm sending you the mango habanero hot sauce recipe, and you better get the shit because I need fresh habaneros. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> okay. Um, not you. I'm talking to Scotty. <laughs> I'll bring extra. There's uh, also another podcast that Corey and I do called the Static Zone Podcast. We're going to talk about the Transformers animated movie soon. Yeah, I watched it once. I got to watch it a couple more times just to get my feel for it. Uh, but listen to that when it comes out on, it should be Friday of this week. September 3rd. As long as everything goes. Yep. September 3rd, day before my birthday. Mm-hmm. So Episode 3 on the 3rd. All right. All right, I guess it's, I'm up next. Uh, we'll go ahead and I'm recording. We're doing more YouTube video footage. We're working on that. Uh, doing uh, Legend of Dragoon, Donkey Kong Country 2, and then... We'll figure something out with Eddie. I want to do... He brought up the beat-em-ups, and I'm like, let's fucking do the beat-em-ups. Uh, let's see. You already talked about Transformers. We're recording that. Also, I'm prepping for the Dreamcast Marathon. we got to work on an OBS layout and see what all... we got to take inventory of all of our cameras and our mic situations and all that stuff. So, and we'll, we'll be good to go. And then, like I said, next Saturday is my birthday, and I've told my wife I want to go go-karting. So we're going to find an either an indoor go-karting rink or half indoor, half outdoor. I just want to forget that I pay a mortgage for a day. So <laughs> I just want to go stupid-ass go-karting. So, But that's all I got. If you can't find go-karts, Sick. you should uh, just go golfing with golf carts. That's true. We could drink on those. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, you could drink anywhere, but yes. That's true. All right, Chris, what about you? I'm upset that you didn't invite me to your birthday. Mm. You're gonna. Fl- I mean, we're probably gonna celebrate it at the marathon. So. I forgot to mention. <laughs> I want to go. Go-karting. That's my present. That's my present. I get uh, to do a marathon for 24 I wanna, hours. I want to go go karting. Why can't we all go go karting? I, I mean, we could go go karting on Friday. <laughs> I know we'll play this shit. I got some pickups. I forgot hey. to mention. There's some surprisingly great shit in here. Hey, it's gonna happen. Uh, but no, we actually need to look into that. I'd like to go go karting on Friday. Okay. Maybe. I don't know if you guys have go-karting places up there. (laughs) Fucking country boy. But we'll find it up. Look, it's either that or four-wheelers, and you ain't got them. So, Um, Okay, whatever you say. Uh, You already touched on Legend of Dragoon. Like, the only other thing is, like, now that I'm done with my fucking Australia article for Mega Visions, I'm going to be focusing on Katana Zero, get that shit out the door. Uh, You got the footage. (laughs) I have the footage. I've got pretty much everything that I need to, so I'm hopefully... 
I would like to have it out before the marathon so that when I get to That's the marathon, for you. I can just focus on the marathon. I've got a decent two weeks, but this week I've got to go to Quantico all week. So that, that might be a little bit rough. We'll find out. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but yep. That's a, that's the plan. That's pretty, I'm, I'm easy. I do one thing that just, that one thing <laughs> takes a lot of time. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to get out of here. We'll see you guys later. Scotty. Thanks again for sitting in with us. We appreciate it. While Eddie's out getting converted. So, uh, <laughs> we will, uh, we'll talk to y'all later. Y'all have a good one. Peace. See ya, freak bitches.